Hey, what's going on, everybody out there? Welcome to the Eye Test, episode 26, I believe. I am with my co-host, Sean, and we have a brand new guest today with us. So, Sean, you want to introduce our new co-host? I guess co-host today? Um, Yeah, this is my cousin, Robert. He uh, he lives in L.A. He is a basketball coach, school teacher. Um, He has hooped for a while in L.A., so, you know, he's been on the, he's, he's very familiar with the uh, basketball scene out there when it comes to high school prospects. And, uh, you know, he also plays, uh, plays a lot of rec ball out there. So, he, you know, probably brushes elbows with a lot of talent out there. So he's, he's uh, for today, he's going to be our, um, our talent expert, I guess. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But uh, he's, he's definitely going to know a little bit more about X's and O's and things of that nature. So he's going to help us uh, kind of, walk through all the trades and stuff that's been going on in the NBA. Uh, go ahead, Robert. Say, say what's up to the folks, man. Say, say what's up to the people. How's everybody doing? Thanks for having me today, man. I appreciate you guys letting me come on here and chop it up about sports with you guys. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you, brother. So, uh, listen, uh, before I get into, you know, uh, talking to Sean and berating him like usual, uh, why don't you talk? Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Like uh, he he gave us the the quick rundown, but uh, like what where did you fall in love with uh, basketball and um, and what's your history with basketball? Give us a little bit more in depth. All right, so I guess I would say that I fell in love with basketball at the age of about eight or nine. Uh, one of my uncles took me to a, to a game, Clippers versus the Atlanta Hawks. And I went there to watch Dominique Wilkins, who was my favorite player at the time. Uh, I got there, saw the big lights, saw the L.A. Sports Arena with nobody in there. You could, like, walk down to the bottom. And uh, <laughs> I was like, man, I kind of like basketball now. And uh, I've been playing just, just about ever since. Uh, played in high school, went to Luzinger High School, same high school as uh, Darrell Wright. Uh, Dylon Wright, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I'm actually a few blocks away still. Uh, I've been coaching high school ball for about 10 years. Started off doing the AAU thing. Had a 14 and under team here in uh, Londale. Had a couple good players. Uh, some of my kids locally played with uh, Chemezi, who plays for San Antonio Spurs, I think, still. Uh, I've been able to watch a lot of guys come, in, come and go through here. Uh, Darius Morris, uh, God, so many guys that come through here, man. Played my senior year of high school. We played against uh, it's Kenny Bruner, Baron Davis year. Seeing a lot of those dudes come through here. Tayshawn Prince. Uh, who else am I thinking of? So many different guys come through the city of L.A., man. And uh, played against uh, Bobby Brown a little bit. Uh, same year as uh, Trevor Reza. Like new edition Bobby Brown? No, no, not that Bobby Brown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, no addition, Bobby Brown. <laughs> You're killing me right now. Nah, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to make no jokes, yo. I fucks with Bobby Brown. Don't do him like that. Go ahead. <laughs> they call him LB around here, but another local legend, man. Played against a lot of dudes in the area. Uh, I'm not a local I'm not a local legend, but people know who I am here in the city, man. I've been coaching at a, a high school, Lock High School, in L.A., one of our toughest high schools in the area. It's home of uh, Cynthia Cooper, 
She's our big alum from there, and Tyrese Gibson. So okay, okay, I hear you talking your shit. I I ain't a legend, <laughs> but they know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> My name ring bells, you know. <laughs> you know who I am. I hear you talking your shit. Uh, so anybody, is there anybody that you have coached that has become a star in the league? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I haven't coached anybody. I've worked out with a few guys. I had a couple of private workouts with a kid named Deontay Burton. He's playing for, he ended up playing at, at, at Reno, Nevada. He ended up going to, he's in the D League right now. So that's that's the biggest guy that I've, I've actually worked out with. Okay. So, All right. So, uh Okay, I I have a I have a few jabs that I could have thrown there, but yeah. I'm going to reserve them to myself right now. I <laughs> <laughs> played against though in high school would be uh Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. Uh, okay. He, he played the one in high school. I was a sophomore. He was a senior, and uh Paul was cold. Paul yeah. was cold in high school. So yeah. yeah. Did he ever fake an injury in high school because he shit himself? <laughs> <laughs> Stop, <laughs> Yo, yeah, this uh, is funny already, man. <laughs> I can't speak that, but he's from Inglewood. Inglewood dudes always say they from Inglewood, so you know they're a little tougher over there. So we'll see. I don't think so because Inglewood don't go for that, man. Okay. <laughs> well, well, apparently they go for it in the NBA, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but but anyway, man, Sean, how you doing, bro? I'm all right, man. Doing good. You know what? <laughs> Drink of the night. You already know what time it is. All right. You know, so I, I had to finish off this Bud Light Platinum. Not the greatest stuff in the world, but you see, sometimes you can be classy, and then sometimes you just need to get the job done. All right? But that's not it. Is that it. an aluminum can? It's not an aluminum. It's a bottle, dog. It is a <laughs> – look at this. This is a bottle. Don't play with me, man. Who – I mean – I, I, I'm downgrading, but I'm not drinking out of a can. Come on, now. Give me more respect than that. All I'm right. I'm just saying, they do make the aluminum cans look like that. No no self-respecting man that drinks beer drinks out of an aluminum can. Here we go. Next drink, though. Next drink. You know, I had to show the Niners cup here because Mark, you know, he loves them when I drink out of this. Pause. All that. But either way, I got some. I don't uh, just, care what you drink out of to, hey, to be very just clear. Got some like, regular brand. Look, just some regular Ciroc, man. You know, throwback. You know, keep it real simple. But yes, that is just Ciroc and nothing else. There's just Ciroc and ice. Okay. I feel you. I see you. Um, trying to get a contract with Diddy. That's what's up. And look, if, if they want to throw us a little sponsorship, that's cool, man. I'll take it. Tell you, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I just don't want him taking uh, 85% of our earnings after he do it, though. Uh, but you That's know, all. You know, you know what it is, raping you records. Hey, I'm, I'm, just, cool. I'm just saying, look, man, I'm just saying somehow we're going to do it. We're going to get a sponsorship and then we're going to be broke. That's all I know. That's all I know about Diddy. I don't know too much. You're not the locks. You're not the locks. Hey, look, man, I'm trying not to be the locks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be on the show. Look, uh, hey, look. We, all I know is the locks had to go had to go under the name D Block and add another member to their group because did he still own the rights to the name Locks for so many years? That's okay. enough, man. Like, imagine us having to change our name from the eye test to something else because Diddy gave us a Ciroc, uh 
uh, sponsorship, man. Look that at that, be, man. You know, not all man. money is good money. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> hey, man. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I also hear that people got to be body sacrifices for that dude. <laughs> we are definitely going left field today, man. Look. And listen, and so hey, like, when Mark so disappeared like, next week, and people, we can't find him, we know we know how we know what happened uh, to him, man. Because I'm, I'm not going to say the I word on here. You know, what I'm saying had him looking for me too, but Mark. Go ahead. You keep walking down that path, brother. I don't know nothing. I ain't seen nothing. I ain't hear nothing. I'm, I'm just saying, you. I'm just saying, out of the two of us, you already drinking some rock, so you, <laughs> could, be <the> one, <laughs> you, you could be the one that sacrificed them, so, sacrificed nah, their body to Jimmy, nah, dog. Hell no, nah, man. Look, man. We need to get off this topic right now. <laughs> just... We done here, man. We are done yeah. here, dog. <laughs> Look, Yo, this is what I'm we doing so... today. This is what we doing today. I'm just saying. I read a story that said uh, he made he made men do things to him with the door open simply because it was a power move. <laughs> like, look, man, that's look, wild stuff. I heard. Uh, I heard Tigger may or may not have been wilding out at a couple of Diddy parties. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. Yeah. Look, man, I heard too many stories. Look, man. These are just stories I've never been I to heard. a Diddy party. Not, I drank. Not, I had yeah. a couple of sips of Ciroc. That's it. I ain't been to no Diddy parties. I ain't been to his house. None of that shit, man. Don't play me out here. You saying know. you saying you walk and get cheesecake, but you ain't giving your body up? Look, nah. man. <laughs> nah, nah, bro. Nah, man. Not, I doubt that I'm walking for cheesecake either. <laughs> he just gonna have to shut the studio down on that one. The studio just gonna be shut down. <laughs> Sugar cookie. <laughs> Be like, nah, yeah. this motherfucker. Look, <laughs> ain't no, ain't no, no Cambodian breast milk today. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> you know what? That. We shutting the studio down. <laughs> but Yo. anyway, man, listen to anybody that to any new listeners that stuck with us just through that uh through that little bit. Um, we gonna be covering basketball. Uh, a lot of movement has been happening in the last two days, and a lot of rumors of future movement has been happening as well. We'll be talking about the uh, current happenings in the NFL, and we'll be covering fantasy football per usual. And outside of that, um, that'll be about it. Um, nothing's really happening in baseball right now. Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, let's get into it, man. All right. So basketball, like I said, for there's been a lot of movement in the last couple of days because this season is uh short. Uh there's a very quick turnaround um in this season. And uh one thing I actually want to get out the way. I just want to ask you guys how you feel about this quick turnaround off top because I'm gonna just let you know for me. I'm putting an asterisk on on this season coming up because of how quick the turnaround actually is. Um, and if you would like to know why, I can share that with you. But I just want to know how you, you guys know, feel about that. You know what? I'm, Robert, you feel like going first. If you don't, I'll take it. Well, I'll go first, man. Uh, I feel like, what do we have? We had 22 teams in the bubble, right? 
Uh-huh. And so we got another, what, 10 teams, eight, 10 teams that, that's been on break since March. Yep. Yeah. And uh, all these bad teams, they had, they've had, what, nine, 10 months off before yeah. the season starts again? Yeah. Ridiculous so time. I think that they've had, everybody's had a chance to become fully healthy. A lot of those, a lot of those bad teams. So it's, it's going to look a lot different. When teams that like the Lakers or Denver or Miami, who played late into the season or early into the preseason, if you want to call it, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna look a lot different when these teams are coming back and just playing against these bad these bad teams that have had a lot of time to to work out and rest. So it's it's gonna be a different look when it starts in December. Uh, I'm not sure that we're gonna see how teams really look until probably about the halfway mark. Because uh, it's going to be a lot of low management, especially for those teams, the Lakers, Denver, uh, even the Clippers, because, you know, Kawhi going to low manage. So, yeah. <laughs> if, if Kawhi go do one thing, he's going to low manage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, hey, you know, you know what? We could get into how you feel about that as a Clippers fan later, but we're we going to stay on this topic now. So, but Mark, yeah, are, you, that, are you about to go ahead? Nah, um Sean, you can you can go. All right, man. So so with this with this uh with this quick turnaround, man, it's a crazy thing because like for me, the way I see it is you're talking about the bad teams that have been out of the out of everything since March, like the, the non-bubble teams. Two things we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out who was working out and who wasn't. <laughs> because although, yes, they they have time to get healthy, they got time to work out, they got time to kind of excuse me, sharpen the skills without wearing themselves down. There's also a lot of time for rust to develop. So I presume that we're going to see some rust from some guys, but we're going to also see the best out of some other guys um, just because of the amount of time that they've had. And, and, and like you said, the time that they've had to get healthy. Some of these guys that are injury prone, have never had this much time to recover. Um, then on top of that, you know, you will you will see these like you said the, the teams that went deep into the playoffs. I'm going to specifically talk about Denver, and I'm going to specifically talk about um, Miami. Denver looked like they were running out of gas against the Lakers. Rightfully mm-hmm. so, they they played in a bunch of long series. You know the younger guys like uh, Jamal Murray, who may not be used to that type of a grind in that long of a that long of a grind in that quick of a turnaround, or, you know, they're going to have a little bit more difficulty. And, I, and I'm saying younger guys because their bodies aren't, they're, they're not really fully conditioned to, to deal with that. And then also you got guys that don't, you know, the younger guys don't treat their body as well as they should. So, and then um, Miami, they were spent, man. Like, I don't see, like, somebody asked me about a question about Jimmy Butler. And I'm just like, look, man, Jimmy's about to have a rough season. Like he's going to have a rougher season than usual because he left it all out there, man. And and like guys like LeBron make it look easy by, by doing that. And then coming out the next, you know, the next year, going deep in the playoffs, coming out the next year, like, but mind you, as much as people get on LeBron about him taking the player plays off or finding spots to rest during the game, that's the reason why he can do that. Jimmy Butler wasn't doing none of that during this run. So like, I'm expecting those things. So, like, as Mark was saying, he feels like it should be an asterisk just because of the quick turnaround. You have the top teams 
having to basically play at the disadvantage and all these other things. Um, yeah, it's not really even playing field at this point. But so like even you're saying asterisks, I can I can't argue with that. I'm not gonna call asterisks or not right now. But I will say is this: I'm excited to see what the season looks like because I think there's going to be a little bit more of an even playing field. You're going to see a little bit more parity in these games because of the well-rested bad teams and then the tired good teams. Well, <clears throat> well, that's like you speak, you are speaking to what I was talking about um, in this situation, because with, um, with all these teams that went deep into the playoffs and one of the main reasons why I want to put an asterisk on this is particularly uh, Miami. Um, when you look at this and you see uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, Bam and all of them, like Bam, let's not forget that Bam it was injured at the yeah. end of that at the end of that finals, um, and what's his name got injured as well and could and really couldn't play the rest of the finals, and so you so you have two major injury like two injuries that in a typical season they would come back a hundred percent but now are we sure that they're gonna come back a hundred percent into the into this next season? We don't know. <laughs> and and not only that, but you like speaking to Jimmy, like Jimmy like Jimmy burnt himself out and now he's gonna like knowing who Jimmy Butler is, he's not gonna take any days off coming no. into this season. Like you know what I mean? He's not gonna he's not gonna load manage. Kawhi Kawhi will. You know what I'm saying? Other players will, but he's not. And like so he's gonna burn out because he did he never truly got that rest. And you have and speaking and like even speaking to LeBron, like this is even though LeBron goes to the finals every year, this is still a very quick turnaround for him. Like this is, like this is a quicker turnaround even for him, and he's getting older every year. And like, this is like this is going to be interesting because a lot of players are going to are going to be taking the time off. A lot of players are going to be taking the time off to um to recover the... in the beginning of the season, and I think that's going to change the records a little bit. Yeah, it's going to take change at the playoff seat. The playoff seating for sure. Yeah, Mark, do you but, believe that the three months they had off in between is going to play any 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 factors in it as far as rest? Uh, for from, from so, March to uh, July, for the guys that went into the bubble, we went into the bubble. No, I don't think I don't think that helped. I don't think that's going to change much at all because, like we've seen those, we've seen what it was like inside the bubble, like. You were pre- you were pretty much playing basketball every day, like you know yeah, what I mean. Like so, like, like and that was like you were pretty much playing basketball every day. And the and the way that they were playing basketball, like they were playing, a yeah. lot of these teams were playing with all with all heart. Like you know what I mean. Like like the, the only- Suns before they got eliminated it's- from the playoff contention. Like there was a few teams the. The way that um, Portland was playing, I get it. Like yeah. everybody, you was getting everybody's best shot in the bubble, dog. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. I'll say that. For the for the for the same reasons why I didn't give the bubble an asterisk, 
is the reason why I got to give this an asterisk because these guys gave it their all and and now they turn it right back around a month and a half, two months later and be like, all right, we're back at it. Like, I just know that's not going to work out. Like, that's not going to work out too well for these superstars. Like, the guys, the guys that you would be like, okay, he had a tremendous playoff run. Can he come back and do it again? Absolutely not, man. The dude just finished that tremendous playoff run. Okay, so let me let me say something here, Robert. Let me get in here real quick. So this is what I'll say, Mark. I do think that little bit of rest that they got is paramount for a guy like LeBron, for a guy like AD. Guys that are that are injury prone, like AD is injury prone, and then you got LeBron just being older. That shit absolutely mattered that they got that break, and I do think that will carry over a little bit going into this short uh, turnaround, but but I think it'll be, me personally, I think it'll be a bigger help for the younger guys than the older guys. But, but like, the, the younger guys, they I mean, after getting that long of a break and then going into playoffs and then getting this two months, they're going to be a way more prepared for the next season coming up than the older guys. But with that said... It's still, it's still mileage, and it's still close to going into another season. So I still think that there's still going to be a tipping point. They might not show it in the very beginning of the season, but I think they're going to reach their fatigue point during the season a little bit earlier than they usually would just because of the way that everything's been structured. Right. So, like, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to see it right off the bat with some of these guys. Some of these guys you will just because of how much they put into, like I said, the, the heat – they're going to be spent at the beginning of the season. Like other, other, other players, other teams, maybe it takes a little bit longer into the season to get, get there. But to me, the biggest thing is I'm the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for is them is the, is how teams manage that situation because some teams are going to try to load manage, but then you can't load manage too much because like I said, you got well-rested teams that were outside of the bubble that have made moves that now are a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can't rest, and it's a short season. You don't have as much time to catch back up. So it's going to be yeah. interesting. I like I said, I think you're going to see a lot closer of a race in in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So I'm, I'm I actually think I might be actually watching a little bit more uh, regular season games this year. Yeah. yeah. So a second question was to Mark. You said that you put an asterisk on this, this upcoming season, but not the bubble. Yeah, I didn't put an asterisk on the bubble because. A lot, of, well, mostly because of of what we saw out of the bubble um, at, in watching it. And um, as far as the guys that were missing from the bubble, it was no different than, like, for instance, Ben Simmons not, uh, Ben Simmons getting hurt it, inside the bubble and all that. Like, Ben Simmons, if had the season played out like normal, Ben Simmons wasn't going to be available to the team um, for the for the normal playoff run. It just so happened that he also got hurt in a bubble as well, so it didn't really matter as much. I, I spoke on it um, in the prior episode during the bubble why I didn't really feel as though uh, the bubble uh, deserved an asterisk. Um, but... Well, but... I'm, but I'm mainly giving this. Um, I'm giving this an asterisk because it's it's like the 
it's completely atypical as far as I mean, granted the bubble is atypical as well, but I mean it's completely atypical as far as uh arrest and it's a and it's um like the effect it in my eyes is a little bit different, uh league wide. I really don't wanna stick with this topic. I could further explain it, but then we would be uh, stuck be like, talking about well, it more. I can wrap it up real quick. I know the disparity in the amount of rest that certain teams are right. getting is huge. And then also when, when we talked about the asterisks before, the non-asterisk bubble, it was Everybody so, was starting at the same spot. So Yeah, it, it yeah, it was it was mainly about if there was more injuries, if there was more people opting out because of COVID, if there was more people missing, then we could probably say that. But then like I said, we, we kind of felt that way. And then once the bubble started, we're like, these teams look good enough to me. You know, like, what you call it? Portland looked good enough to Mark was saying, Lakers better watch out. A lot of people saying, Lakers better yeah, watch out. Until the injury. Like, you, see, you see what I'm saying? So, like, it, it, it wasn't like um, it wasn't like it was like a predetermined thing. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen in the bubble, you know, and, and, and this is, um, you know, this is the advantage that this team is going to have over this team. I didn't really see any clear advantages either for yeah, the public like, play. Actually, I, I, thought, I actually thought the advantage went to the younger the younger teams like Miami that have a bunch of young players that are hungry and, and they get to play and they don't have to go to the Staples Center to go play the Lakers. And I think that's and I think that right there, uh, <laughs> what you said was that there was. N- that there was no clear advantages for any particular team. Everybody was kind of in the same spot, except for uh, like you know, I, except for the obvious of talent wise. But as far as that, everybody was in the same spot. Whereas here, there's definitely teams that are at a disadvantage, where we already discussed teams that went deep into this bubble playoff run. They're fucked. While <laughs> while other while other teams they they're pretty they're pretty well off. So that's so that's why I would put an asterisk here because there's a clear disadvantage for certain teams versus others. Um now moving on. So in back so a lot of movement in basketball today. Um I I think I want to get the big one, one of the big ones out the way. Uh, Chris Paul went to uh, went to the Phoenix Suns. Um, we discussed this a little bit earlier, but we, I got we, it up here. If you want me to spit it out, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Suns uh, trade, yeah. Suns traded Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen. Is it Lecky? And twenty mm-hmm. and a twenty twenty two first round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Paul and Abdel Nadir. Like, I, I mean, okay, Mark. Go ahead. Listen, <laughs> um, listen. I like the I like the trade simply because you weren't as you were. You were not a playoff team. Um, with Chris Paul, you're a definitive playoff team. I don't think you're going anywhere, but <laughs> you're definitely making the fucking playoffs. Like it's just know, whether man. or not you're winning that first series. Like Sean, I real questions, Sean. Like because you're saying you don't know. So I, I, 
I'm just I'm gonna say no. I don't believe that. I'm not even gonna say I don't know. I'm gonna say no. I don't believe that. Go ahead. All right. Well, how? All right. Let me ask you. How can you feel as though it's a no when Chris Paul, when Chris Paul, much like my favorite player Russell Westbrook, took the ragtag team that was nothing of the Thunder to the playoffs? This is this is. I'm, you know what? Do Do you want to answer that first, Rob? Because I might I can answer it. No, uh, no, nah, nah. you go ahead, man. I, All right, I, man, let me talk about this shit. So, but what people don't realize is the the reason why he was able to do that with the Thunder team, albeit it was with people that you didn't know. Those guys, those young dudes, they had a nice young um, core. They had a nice young core that was ready to ball, ready to take instruction, and and they were you know still improving as players. Chris mm-hmm. Paul kind of accelerated that situation. And that's how they were able to do it. Mind you, they also had at least two or three guys coming off the bench that could contribute to the team. If you notice, if you look at the stat line, the stat lines for Oklahoma City, you will look and you'll see, man, nobody's really getting you more than 22 points in the game. Mm -hmm. Everybody's putting up points. Everybody's sharing the ball. Everybody's doing their work, right? Now you, 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 you look at the situation with the Suns. The Suns' success was kind of like that as well. You had guys like Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre who, who were contributing, I think, even more than any of the secondary guys um, in Oklahoma City were. So now if you would have told me, hey, we're swapping out Ricky Rubio for Chris Paul, then I would be like, okay, now you got something. But, but, to, lose, but to lose Kelly Oubre – to lose um, Ty Jerome, you, you're losing all these guys, and, and, and I feel like you're taking you're, – they took too much away from what made them uh, on the bubble team, if so to speak. Like, remember, they were they – was, it they was fighting for that last spot between them and Portland, right? So what I'm saying is that the Kelly Oubre, to me, is too much. They should have never got rid of him. If Kelly Oubre is still on that team, maybe. But I will say this. I do like the prospect of a pick-and-roll game between DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. I do like the fact that you do have um, Devin Booker having a guy who can create and make easy shots for Devin Booker, like a Chris Paul. Where I have concern is they don't have enough depth now because of the trades. And then they also – Hold on, man, because they, they traded away their uh, 22, 2022. So, like, are they trying to win now? They're trying to win later. What are they doing? Right? Don't know, but I, I can tell you one thing. Chris Paul has a problem dealing with people that have the same size ego as him. I don't know if that if he's going to mesh with Devin Booker. So no, I don't know so, if he's no. going to try to hold on to the ball more than Devin Booker would like. Hold on. Well, time out, time out, time out. Time out. So you mean to tell me you think Devin Booker has ego issues? No, I don't. But I also didn't. But let me put it this way. Chris Paul was there fighting with everybody in the Clippers. The only person I saw on that team that I thought that had an ego problem was Blake Griffin. But somehow he found a man. He, find, he managed to find a way to beef with DeAndre Jordan, too. Did DeAndre Jordan have ego issues? I'm sure that Booker has more of an ego issue than DeAndre Jordan. I'm I'm just saying, like, Chris Paul has – when it comes to talent, Mark, this is the thing. When it comes to talent, he he was put on a team with, with Harden and still 
kind of felt like he should be the guy. Well, okay. no. No. He, he was no, on the no, team. No, 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 no. He was put on a team with Harden and felt like he should be the point guard. <laughs> like that was, like that's what it was. Like no. So don't I mean, do that. No, I'm I am doing that because who's taking those last shots? Is it him or Harden that on that team? He had no problem with Harden taking the shots. Harden had a problem with shots. That's uh, why. No, no but listen. No, he had he had no pro he had no problem with Harden taking the shots. What he had a problem with was Harden standing still when Chris Paul had the ball. So I have a question. Like, man. So when, like, that's when, Chris, not... when that when that video came out, you got you got you got all these stories about Chris Paul calling that motherfucker fat and berating him and shit in practice. What that got to do with the last shot? What does that got to do with anything on the court? Because he was fat. <laughs> he deserves to be berated. Okay, it's practice. okay to say that. It's just okay to just berate the other star player on your team. Like what I'm what I'm seeing is I feel yo, like Chris yo, Paul. Is, listen, if if niggas, if people going to make it okay for Kobe to do it. It's okay for anybody. It's not to. okay for Kobe to do it. Mark, you're talking to three people. You're talking to two other people that don't feel like Kobe should. Kobe, it's not okay for Kobe to do that. You yourself. Like, well, but Mark, point is, point is, even if you think that's none of that stuff is an issue, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Devin Booker, and you have Chris Paul. What else? Uh, look, I, I do think there, I do think they're a player away. I, I do think Portland they're a player. The eighth, Portland was the eighth seed. Do you think they're going to be better than Portland? Um, Portland lost Trevor, right? So I'm asking. I mean, they lost. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, right? I thought. I thought that first looking at it, I was like, all right, Chris Paul makes you a playoff team, right? His leadership, yeah. but it has to be. It has to be Devin Booker saying. Hey, Chris Paul, come in here and lead us. Yes, right. I'm going to be your number That's one right. guy, but come in here and lead us. And if it's not that, it's going to be a clash. Uh, I'm looking at teams like, like Golden State, who's going to be better this year. Uh, teams like uh, Memphis, who's going to be better. They were pushing the bubble, too. Looking at teams like New Orleans, who who got uh, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. And yeah. looking at these teams, like, they're going to be better. And – I'm not sure if Phoenix doesn't make a move, kind of like you said, Mark, get one more guy. If they don't get one more guy, they're not going to be in contention. Uh, it's just, yeah. The West is really thick. They need they need somebody to either develop. It could be your guy, uh, Mikael Bridges. It could be somebody else, but they need somebody to, uh, to develop or they need more scoring. They need something I think, else. I I honestly think Mikael Bridges is on the, is on the verge of developing into – a better player. I, well, he got I, like 50 games to figure it out, Mark. <laughs> he going to be part of that playing tournament too. So, they got they're going to have time, but it ain't going to be much, you know. Yeah, That's what I'm I saying. Got, like it's a short season, baby. Like Yeah. And, and Mike, well, to, to what Robert was saying real quick, you was talking about Devin Booker saying, "Yo, come in and lead us." And like I said, you got to think, Devin, what's Devin Booker's situation been since he's been with the Suns? It's been, "Hey, Devin, Whenever you want the ball, whenever you want to shoot, you got the ultimate green light to do whatever the hell you want. And that's a young star that's going out there dropping 50s on people, dropping 60s on people. And then you're going to have Chris Paul come in and be like, listen here, I'm going to have the rock for a minute. Duh. Listen, no, 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 no. Because listen, I don't know what you like, what type of point guard you paint in CP3 to be. 
But he's a, like he's a point guard, dog. Like I that's know. his job. He's going to facilitate. Like what he's, I'm seeing, Mark, is that's not what Devin Booker's used to. Yeah, but it he's, comes down to if Devin Booker wants to win, he has to buy in. But it's, it's, it's which one he wants. Does he want to go out there and go get 40 a game, or does he want to win games? This is, if this he wants thing. to win games, he has to give it. He has to say Chris Paul leader. Yes, he wants to get, get 40. Then he, he can say, "Fuck you, Chris Paul. I got the ball. Yeah. I'm gone." Yeah, but this yeah, is you know what I'm saying. Much like Harden did. I, what I'm saying is, I don't know. You know why? Because Devin Booker hasn't come out and co-sided. He hasn't come out bit like he hasn't said shit. Like I don't know. I don't know what the situation. It just happened. It just happened yesterday. What is he supposed to say? Man, it happened man, yesterday. People will, tweet, people will tweet five minutes after the trade goes through and be like, "Yo, I'm so happy. I'm getting Chris Paul." He ain't say shit, man. It's still a okay. question. I mean, I, last time I checked, I don't read a whole lot of Devin Booker tweets. So, I mean, <laughs> like, like, I ain't like the boys out here tweeting. Trying to sneak chicks into the bubble, dog. Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm saying it's not a, lot, a whole lot of Twitter fingers going on. That's all I'm saying from on look, his end. All I'm all I'm saying is we. I can't assume that Devin Booker is going to a hundred percent buy in immediately to 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 the Chris Paul situation. I'm not, I can't guarantee that he's going to buy in 100% to not having an ultimate green light that he's used to having. No, listen, I believe, listen, I want to wrap that up, but. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, unless Robert has something else to say about that. But with that, I'm going to say, I believe Devin Booker is young enough to still buy in and he's not set in his ways. He so, is young enough. So. Yeah, so. That's fair. So. So I so I'm going so I'm not going with the notion that he's gonna be like like he's gonna be like, nah, this is me. And not only that, nothing in Devin Booker has shown to be that type of person. So like to be like, yo, give me the rock, why are you touching my shit? Oh no. So it, like But I'm but not... it's it's you never know what somebody's gonna to react to until they don't have the ultimate green light no more. No, that's not true because Joel Embiid, I know exactly how he's going to react. Whether you like whether I take it from him or not, I know exactly how he's going to react. We didn't know how hard it wasn't was going to react. When he was fine in OKC, he got to the Rockets, got the ultimate green light. You started pairing him with people and he had a problem. He, yeah, somebody else but see, standing on the side of the inside of the court. No, but see this is but no, you this know, is what like, I, but that, no, but what I'm talking <laughs> what I'm talking about is the difference between Harden and Booker is Harden was a six man in OKC and then thrust as a star. So yet, so we only saw him as a six man in OKC. We didn't see star Harden. What I'm we saying saw, is, we I'm, already see we already see star Booker. So we already know is, what to expect. What I'm that. saying is there was nothing in star Harden that let me know that he was going to treat Chris Paul the way he did. I was, yeah, I I disagree. Like yeah, everything in James Harden, everything in James Harden's game is selfish. Uh, everything so. in his game is, is me, me, me. I think he's Very a prolific scorer. So. He's a great ball handler. He's a great shooter. He can get a bucket when almost anytime he wants to. But there's nothing in his game that says, "Hey, uh, I'm willing to be a number two guy. I'm willing. I'm willing to to let you lead me." He's very much an alpha kind of like Kobe, where everything has to kind of go through him. Yeah. Like everything has to go through him, and that's that's his persona. That's who he is. So maybe, I didn't maybe, think I'm, that, 
maybe I'm putting too much on maybe I'm putting too much of that on Dan Tony. Oh. Because yeah. you know with Dan Tony, the point guards could just do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but he wasn't a hey, he wasn't a point guard with uh yeah. when CP three was there. I know he was yeah. he was the shooting guard when CP three yeah. was there. Yeah. And he was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> he was dead, Harden, Harden is a ball dominant guard. Like yes. so if you got a point guard playing with him, it don't even fucking matter because he ain't gonna get the ball anyway. Your point right. guard can't run off this playing playing with him. So at all. At all. And Rob, thank you for saying that because that takes me to my next point. Um, or it takes me to a point that I was gonna do later, but since you brought it up, let's talk about it now. So James Harden, James Harden wants out of Houston. Every player wants out of Houston, but let's focus on James for the time being. Um, so with that, every it seems like there's a lot of teams out there that wants to buy in on the James Harden sweepstakes, and they want to sell their soul for the James Harden sweepstakes, and and teams are assuming like, oh, James Harden gets on your team. You're in final contention now. You're this, that, and third. And I'm sitting here confused, and I'm looking around like, James who? Who? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Hey, don't I, don't, like I don't know the James you know, but I I want, like, people were like, I don't want to see James with the Nets. That's scary. That's spooky hours. No, it's not. Like, <laughs> I no, it's not. I want to see James with the Nets because, yeah. dog, that would be the ultimate reality TV show. <laughs> like that would be the, the that would be the new basketball wives, dog. I'm going to watch Kyrie th- grab his glass of wine and throw it right into James' face for holding on to the ball too long. Like I want to see it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dog. Like this is real. Like, like who did? Like, what do they expect? If you put James Harden and Kyrie Irving on the same team, you mean you really think that's going to work out? Like, that's, in what world? That's a toxic situation. Toxic. Like <laughs> you already have. You already have Kyrie Irving talking about. Oh, we ain't really got no coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, like. Coach. Can't even coach the next game, and now you're talking about if you want to bring James Harden in here, who gonna who gonna dance the whole time? Like Kyrie and James could be top five ball handlers in the league, right? But both of them dominate the ball so much that now you're asking KD to be a spot up shooter. Like I don't see in what world that works. Uh, I don't see how 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 KD was. I think he's the greatest. Uh, offensive player or second graded, depending on where you want to put him on your list. He's there. Whatever. Yeah, I don't see how that helps your helps your team. Like, cause you're not allowing him to be who he is at that point. You're telling him to spot up and just wait. But, but this is and this is the problem that I see, man. I asked this question too earlier in a group. I was like, "Yo, okay, so you have Katie, you have Kyrie, and you have and you have Harden. Kyrie has already made it clear." that he felt like he was number one option in Cleveland with LeBron. And if he felt that way with LeBron, he could say whatever he feels like now and say that, oh, well, it's the first time I've been with a player where I feel like, yo, he can make that shot outside of myself. That's great. He could say that shit. But yeah. he probably thinks he's the better talent. 
Dog. Like, that's just Kyrie, right? So you now saying that just made me sick to my stomach. Like I've heard that like a million times and just now I wanted to throw up. Like Doug, that shit just, pisses me off so I'm much. I'm just saying, man. Dude, I don't, man. I want to bring up these Boston stat lines. I want to bring up these Boston stat lines, Mark. I want to for the playoffs where he's going like seven for twenty-one, and he was like, "That shit will never happen again." And then the very next game, he went out and did the same thing. I, I want to do it, but I'm not going to bring up those stat lines. What are you making a face, Robert? Did you see those games? I saw those games, but I also heard maybe a couple hours ago that Boston is in the sweepstakes. For, for James Harden right now. Well, well, to be honest with you, okay, you know what? I'm going to get to that in a second. But the, the but the three-headed monster with the KD, um, uh, Kyrie, and, and Harden thing, there's just unless there's going to be three basketballs on the court or at least two, I don't see how that happens. Um, Harden, yeah. Harden is not a person that thinks anybody's better than him. Um, Kyrie is the person who doesn't think anybody's better than him. KD is a person who doesn't think anybody's better than him. But KD is the only person on that team that I could see taking a step back. He's the only person, and he's the one person that everybody else needs to take a step back from. Like, yeah. the one guy that needs the ball that shouldn't take a step back is the only person willing to. So, but look, uh, just to add to your point of the Boston thing, since we're talking about hard and sweepstakes, Boston is just trying to get rid of Kemba Walker. Yeah. And they are doing everything and anything, and they're offering everybody any trade that they could possibly offer to get somebody else in that point guard position outside of uh, Kemba Walker. And they're yeah. looking kind of desperate right now, man. They, they've offered trades to get everybody right now. And um, I don't see anybody dealing with them. You know, Danny Ainge done fleeced too many people in the league already now <laughs> to where, where he's going to have to give it up. He's going to have to give it up if, if, if he wants to get uh, Kemba out of there, man. I mean, but they gotta they gotta package Kimba with, with Gordon Hayward. That's the only way you but get him out. Thing. I don't know if there's too many teams that like that want Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. It's his stock has fell since he went to Boston. Like you know what people are asking for? People asking for Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's what they asking for. They ain't gonna get them, but that's what they asking for. The two guys that's off limits. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. The, the 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 guys that everybody else is wanting, like I said, that people too many people that got fleeced by De by Danny Ainge. They, they're at the point now where they're like, nah, man, we ain't, we ain't falling for that shit no more, man. We ain't falling for it. <laughs> so, you ain't falling for the banana, banana tailpipe. Yeah, banana tailpipe. Nope, they ain't gonna do it no more, man. They 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 saw how many how many picks they stacked up. They seen how the picks was turning out. They looking at Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They looking at uh. Uh, uh, Terry, uh, whatever his name is, you know what I'm saying? They're looking at all these guys that came through their system. It was like, yo, man, those are my picks. <laughs> those are somebody else's picks. They collected all these damn picks. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. They they, they got hip. I think the league is hip, and, and everybody's like, nah, man, you sitting on a lot of real estate. You're yeah. going to have to give something up. So, so. If, if they move them, if they move them to, to Philly, right, who they get rid of? Do they get rid of Simmons? Or they get rid of Harris? How does that look? Well, listen, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Listen. And they can they get rid of Harris for Harden? <laughs> no. <Listen. laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. That's just funny to don't, me. Don't don't be sorry to me. Don't You're not a Sixers fan. My bad. You're not a Sixers fan. But listen, here's the thing, man. The hundred percent. Um because I wanted to get into the Sixers and everybody's saying, well, yeah, 
I would trade Ben Simmons for Harden in a second. I'd be like, then you're a damn fool. Um, because <laughs> you if you trade if you trade Ben Simmons for Harden, then you already lost. Now mind you, I understand why I understand your thought process in doing that because you're looking at the raw numbers. You're looking at Embiid Embiid numbers and what he brings to the table versus uh what Harden brings to the table and you need a pure shooter. Except for the problem is now, what you created is you have two players with zero off the ball movement. So <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> like now, now you have a center with off with zero off the ball movement, and a and a point guard or shooting guard, whichever place Shepherd. he plays, um, with zero off the ball movement. That's not going to work. You're your um your spacing is going to be for shit because these guys ain't going to ain't going to move unless they have the ball. And secondly, you have the and secondly, a lot of people like to forget because of how it ended with uh Jimmy Butler there at with the Sixers, but a lot of people forget how it began. When it, when Jimmy Butler first got to the Sixers, Jimmy Butler was ball dominant. And the Sixers were winning games. And I recall there was a press conference in which um, Joel Embiid said, well, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how to get myself into the game yet because uh, with Jimmy, you know, he does his thing out there and uh, I just, I feel out of place, you know? Um, so I can't be the dominant player that I know how to be. So dog, you're a big every time, dog. Every single time, dog. It is, and I can feel the pain, though. I can feel the frustration that, like, you just wish he would shut up, but you got to sit here and do this impersonation, dog. I know this is eating at you, but you. Uh, mean... <laughs> but I'm just saying that y'all, like, y'all remember that, right? Like he was yeah. saying, like he said these things. He like. And then after he said that in he after he said that in the post game press conference, what happened? Jimmy all of a sudden was no longer on the ball, <laughs> and and now and then he and then it was back to business as usual. And Jimmy like just got his where he could get his until they made it to the playoffs. And a lot of people remember how it looked in the playoffs, but they forget what it looked like all regular season. And that was Jimmy being like being the sideshow. And yeah, so good. What do you do with Ben Simmons then? Like if you got Jimmy on the ball, right? Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. I like Ben Simmons a lot. Uh, I think that he does everything well in the game except shoot. Uh, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good ball handler, good passer, good rebounder. Uh, he has a nice little post game. He does everything well except shoot. If he's not on the ball, right, you can't post him and Embiid. So what do you do, right? Well, you have to have him as your creator, right? Well, here, I think. But here's the thing. Like I said, but well, when it came back, when it came to that situation where they were winning and stuff, the the way the reason why it worked, even though Ben was upset, was that Ben does move off the ball. 
<laughs> like Ben Ben moves off the ball and that and he create he can create by moving off the ball and he's an excellent slasher. Like so he if he moves to if he if he's moving towards the rim, like that's gonna draw people to him and that creates for everybody else. So it works with yeah. it works with him off the ball. Like he doesn't have to be the creator. It just sucks that he's not gonna give you no mid range, but he is gonna create a shot because of what he's able to do in other areas. And then when the ball gut when Jimmy does give him the ball, it's like you don't have to worry about getting it back to your point guard because you just passed it to another point guard. Like, so it is what it is. That's that's that was kind of uh Brett Brown was still there, right? That's on Brett Brown. Yeah, yeah. this all Brett yeah. Brown. <laughs> that's all Brett Brown. You gotta figure out how to how to maximize both players in that system and not compromise what Jimmy was doing. Right. And he he and, figured that out. And he could no, he could he couldn't figure out he couldn't figure out how to make Joel. He couldn't figure out how to make that work. And but Ben and not only that, but he was too much of a player's. He was yeah. too much of those those two players, coach. So like, if Ben Simmons got upset, then it was catered to him. And if Joel Embiid got upset, it was catered to him. Now Joel Embiid and Jimmy became friends, um, but. There was a source, a more of a source of contention between Ben Simmons and Jimmy, and that's so, mostly, and that's mostly because Jimmy, being Jimmy, required more from Ben Simmons than what he was given. Yeah, he's trying to hold people accountable and shit, and they don't like it. Exactly, yeah. and but um, <laughs> but but even still, with this particular regime, like um, James Harden and Ben and. Uh, excuse me, and uh, Joel Embiid is not going to work because doesn't matter who's coaching them, it's personality. Yeah, like, like it's their their personalities is just not going to work because they both want the ball, and Joel Embiid somehow thinks that it's possible to be seven foot four and be a ball handler, <laughs> like <laughs> like it's retarded. A couple inches, a couple inches too, like. Uh, <laughs> so how you say it, Mark? What? Like he's like, yo, well, you know uh what today game is, you know, it's more of a Kevin Durant and uh Kyrie Irving, you know. So I like <laughs> Shut up. You are seven foot two, dog. If you don't fucking if you don't pull somebody up and dunk, like what are you talking about? Why are you trying to put the ball on the ground? Embiid is super skilled, but he's soft as shit. And no. He's immature. He's a sixteen-year-old playing basketball. Yeah, you don't understand the impact that he can have on the game if he shuts the fuck up and just play. Like, stop <laughs> yeah. complaining, stop crying. Like, uh, no, Arfie. Honestly, he doesn't understand the impact he can have on the game if he just shut up and and called up Charles Barkley or called up Shaq and said, "Hey, can can y'all take me in to the gym and teach me something?" Fuck. Call up Tim Duncan and be like, "Yo, <laughs> yeah, you ain't doing shit." Tim Duncan would actually be the perfect person, man. Yeah, like take me to the gym and show me and show me what I could do to d- get better. Like, yo, who has like we hear about all these players being mentored by somebody that's like their player type or whatever. Well, shit, who, even who, Kobe worked with Hakeem. Hakeem be yeah. working with anybody that anybody that will reach out to him. Hakeem will work with you. Come on, man. 
Like, like who who has who has Joel and B ever worked with? Bro, I'm that's a real question I'm asking. Because I don't want to talk First shit off, and does I don't he know. Even work? You see what like, he be looking like, sloppy, out of shape. Like, do, do we, what do you mean? Who did he work with? He don't even work with himself. He go home and he sit on the couch. Like his his condition out, is, out is ass. ass. Jamil Okafor. Who? Jamil Okafor. All right, stop. That ain't gonna yeah. do. It. That ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Listen, damn. I mean, Elton Brand is in the building. You can't work out with Elton Brand. Like, huh? <laughs> I, I'm saying though, he's a, like, come on, man. <laughs> Elton Brand wasn't that good. He played hard. Hey, you know what? He could teach. He could teach Embiid how to play hard. Yeah. But yeah, Say, what are we talking okay. about? Okay. So. Give me Shit. All right, listen. So, <laughs> but I want to wrap that uh, James Harden thing up by saying this. On my end, in my opinion, there is, I honestly feel as though there is not a team that you could put James Harden on that will result in a championship. I really, I really truly believe it. I really truly believe. Uh, I, excuse me. Sands, Sands, LeBron James. You don't think if you put him on the Warriors? No. Actually, no, you're right. He probably fuck up that whole team dynamic. They probably <laughs> no. never mind. Never mind, man. No, because because you Miami. have to, huh? Miami for Butler? No, because Jimmy Butler will punch him in the face for not moving off the ball. I mean, you trade him for Butler? Oh no. No, he's gonna be taking. No, he's because then, because the then, because J- James Harden doesn't make his teammates better. Jimmy Butler does. Well, forget so, about. Forget. I, I think I think he can and he does. He uh he made Covington look decent. He made uh PJ Tucker look decent. If all you gotta do is spot up in the corner and knock down a jump shot, you'll be okay. And Miami has has some great shooters on the perimeter that can knock down jump shots. Then what do you do with um, what do you do with guys like uh, Tyler Harrow and, and and other guys like that? Who else is a guard down there? Like, what do you do with the other guards in that scenario? Do do you spot make bottom shooters? Spot up. And the, I mean, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Can Duncan fly Robinson out. is is a shooter. It doesn't matter. Like Duncan Robinson is gonna like be a spot up shooter no matter what. I'm not yeah. worried about him. Crowder. That's all. I don't even want Crowder doing nothing but shooting. Like, yeah. like what? So, I like the roster. If you change it, then you got Bam being a dirty guy who, who, who does all the work. Th- that could work. I, the defense part is what's going to kill him. Yeah. James- See, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you, like James Harden deficiencies in other areas will show through and, and it will knock the team down to where I don't think that team, no matter what team you put him on, like he'll fit this peg, this peg, and this peg. But then this peg is like big, and yeah. and and it's going to be really big in the playoffs. Like so, like it's that's Chris a prop. So that's Chris a problem. Paul, Chris Paul held him accountable defensively. That's one of the reasons why they clashed. Like nobody yeah. has the ball to hold them to hold them accountable defensively. D'Antonio, D'Antonio can care less about defense. He can care less about you guarding somebody. Well, hold him accountable at least. Yeah, yeah. that's the reason why they clash. I mean, like, I don't see KD or Kyrie saying, hey, hey, come on, James, you got to lock up. That's why he want to go there. That's why he want to go there, because he know ain't nobody going to tell him shit. 
No, no you know okay. nobody gonna tell him shit. You think back. Steve Nash is gonna say something? Hell no. Hey, look. Let me say this. Let me say this, man. Molly ain't gonna say shit. Like, like, think about this, man. You know what he's seen, right? He was like, wait a minute. Y'all, your home bosses over there? Y'all, y'all coaching? <laughs> y'all coaching? Y'all don't even got a coach? Oh, shit. Hey, man, I want in. I want in. I want, like I said, he addicted to that green light, baby. He addicted to that green light. That's the, like, that's what he sees when he's looking at, uh, when he's looking at. Real like, rap. No coach. Real rap. He has, Harden has the same problem Carmelo Anthony has. Like, mm. Like Harden has the same problem that Carmelo Anthony has. Duh. He's too used. He's too used to the green light and too used to and too used to doing his thing that he ain't gonna like. It, it won't work anywhere else because he doesn't know how to adjust or to be like. Essentially, he he's on a team sport and not a team player. I don't know if I would say he don't know how to adjust. Don't have to. I just think he don't want he don't have any desire to or he feels like he shouldn't. But but no, that's the same but that yeah. but but that's why I say he's he has the same problem Carmelo Anthony had. Because ever since I heard, ever since that Amon Shumper interview on Vlad or whatever, where he where where he tells the whole story about like how Melo was was uh being triple teamed or whatever whatever and Amon was wide open. And and he shot the ball anyway, and Amon was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Blah blah blah. He was like, "Yo, don't you worry about that because the next time I'm triple covered, I ain't going to pass it to you then neither. Yeah, and he like said, it don't I matter. <laughs> this, so don't worry about it. I practiced that shot, so that's why I'm taking it. Mm. And it's like, so you practice not passing to your teammates in a double or triple team situation, but Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. Hey, we. Hey, we. I know how I feel about Mamba but mentality. But see, but see, even with Mamba mentality, Mamba mentality understood the fucking triangle. So if he was double teamed, <laughs> he was going to pass. <laughs> now, 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 now. Even with that said, like it, that's a good point to say that, like, because Kobe, he would play within the triangle because he knew ultimately all roads lead was, to him. But at the same time, fourth quarter triangle out the out the window we in a close game that's when he kicked their mamba mentality you got these guys screaming mamba mentality and they do that and they're doing that shit for four quarters like <laughs> like like that's the problem man like i don't know what's going on man but uh but yeah like i mean like you said at least he understood the tri- the triangle understood like yo we still got to do we still got to do what we got to do but yeah. in a pinch everything out the window i'm gunning like you know what i mean like right so, um, but yeah, lastly, uh, I think this is, lastly, I want to, uh, there is the Drew Holiday, well, Drew Holiday went to the Milwaukee Bucks, um, and you could give exactly what he went to the Milwaukee Bucks okay, for, but um, I'm just going to put it out there, Doug. The Bucks got fleeced. I don't. I. I wonder. Did they think they were p- getting another player from, from New Orleans? Did they? I, I'm just curious. Like, who did they think they were getting that well, they gave that much shit up? Before we get uh, into it, let me go ahead and spit out the details. It says the uh, Bucks acquired Drew Holiday in exchange for Eric Eric Bledsoe, George Hill. 
three first round picks, and I believe there's two. Uh, there will also be two uh, pick swaps involved. Now, so mind you, two pick swaps. You got three first round picks: George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Okay. They selling. They selling the house, man. All right, Robert. Let me ask you, man, because maybe you know you being a basketball aficionado and all that. Um, did Drew Holiday <laughs> make uh, a first All NBA anything? Did he make first All NBA defense? All NBA offense? Probably, probably first team offense. No, but in all honesty. I think Drew Holiday might be the most underrated player in the NBA. I don't know if he was much of an upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, though. Uh, Better shooter, slightly better defender, not as good of a rebounder, not as fast, uh, not a playmaker still. So I don't know. Thank you. I don't know what what the the difference really was. Uh, Drew Holiday is a... He's an all-star in the Eastern Conference every year. If John Wall's an all-star, Drew Holiday's an all-star every year. Well, let, let me interrupt. If Kimball Walker's an all-star. Yeah, let me interrupt really quick. He, does, he has a all-NBA all-defensive first team in 2018, and he has an all-NBA all-defensive second team in 2019. So he has two all-defensive. And he would snub this year. And he would definitely snub this year. So – Here's so, a, I mean, there's your answer, Mark. But, here, but, but either way, he didn't make it this year, and they paid and they paid top dollar. <laughs> like Don't he do made him like that. Don't do him like that because he ain't make it on paper, dog. Don't do that. Listen. Don't do that. Listen. I don't care who it was. Yo, like, yo, are you giving that much up for it? Like, that's. Like giving that the only way I'm giving that much up is for like James Harden. Look at the East though. Look at the East. Like why would Who's I the do best that? point guard in the East? Kyrie's the, the best, best point guard in the East, right? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well think about it. Drew Holiday is not far behind that person in the East. Yeah. Well well, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Here's another way to look at it. If Giannis leaves after next year anyway. Now you don't have anything for the future. Nope. Yeah. They, they went all in. That's what I'm saying. Like, they went all in. Like, this is wild move because guess what? If Giannis don't like it or if somebody entices him at the end of the season, then 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 you just traded away everything. You, now you're the Clippers. Hey, man. We're not hey, talking about man. That, I, just, <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Now, now you're the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Like, Docking there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> y'all, stuck with, y'all, y'all stuck with playoff P? Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. What moves hey, can y'all make? The Clippers? Or are we talking about the Bucks still? Look, I'm, 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 I'm talking about the Bucks. We can get to – we're going to get to the Clippers in a minute. But uh, but we're going to talk – we're going to keep it on the Bucks right now. But – uh. I guess I mean, for the, me, let's be honest. The Bucks are in the East, right? Yeah. Like, there's no tough road in the East. Like, yeah. Well, they can, they can, they can draft somebody. They can trade for James Wiseman right now and get exactly what they're getting from Giannis. Are you? That, whoa! <laughs> I mean, that, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing today. 
<laughs> J- Wiseman, Wiseman, you can get exactly the same thing you're getting out of Giannis. You know what, man? I'll be honest with you. Um, I can't argue too much about that. What you, I mean, I, this is the thing, man. Giannis, I hate when I hate when coaches in, in organizations focus on the athletic ability of a, of a player. You could be the greatest athlete in the world and not have the requisite skills to maximize your potential athletic, with your athleticism. There's guys, I've watched too many guys do this. I've watched, I mean, we could go down a list of names of guys that should have been something. When you look at, um, I mean, the entire career of Lamar Odom should have been better. Like, there's a million guys, Stromile Swift. I could go through all these guys that people forgot about, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, what's his name? Danny Granger. There's a bunch of guys that just fall in this bucket. Of, they're just athletic guys, and it's just like, it don't matter if you don't got skill. Now, I will, I will give Budenholzer credit for this. Boy, has he made Giannis look good. Boy, has he made Giannis look amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel like – I do understand what you're saying. But at the end of the day, I don't think Budenholzer is a coach is, – is the right coach to coach those pieces together. So, yeah, and, and, and my question to you, Robert, is, yeah, you're saying the East is an easy path in this – not an easy path, but you're saying that, that you're not going to get as much resistance in the East. They already made it to the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals. My question is, are you trying to win a chip or are you just trying to get there? I mean, in the East, if you, you can get there with your crew right now, but can you Giannis, win? To resign Giannis, you just got to get there. I think that if he sees that you're making moves to get him where he wants to be, but like Giannis is the reason they look. Giannis is not. I mean, if he can't get downhill, if he can't get downhill, he's not effective. But but I'm what I'm saying is this: if I'm Giannis, I don't care if we go to the Eastern Conference Finals. If Dallas calls me, I'm leaving. Hmm. He don't even got to be the guy in Dallas. Yeah. I'm saying, and he can run up and down the court all he wants. He if I'm Giannis, I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's anything that the Bucks can do to keep him, honestly. So, so you're saying that I all think this is the move to keep him. So you're saying all their efforts were just for a lost cause? Hell, and that's why I'm more upset about how much they gave up. Like, <laughs> like, like. I mean, I, honestly, can they make it to the championship? Maybe making it to the champ, making it out of the Eastern Conference. Maybe that is enough. Maybe I'm looking at it differently. Maybe I, maybe I got it wrong. But the thing is, if they get there and they get, let's say they get to the championship, and they get spanked. Let's say, it's, let, let's say they lose four games to one. How do they plan on adding to that team? I have no idea. They can't. So that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he, if he, at the end of the day, if they go to the championship and they get and they get spanked, is he going to look at that situation and then see that they really don't have very many avenues to improve? Is he going to look at that and be like, well, they did make this one move this one time, so I'm going <laughs> to give them that loyalty. You know what I'm saying? Is that what, they, is that what he's going to do? Or is he going to go play with Dallas? Because I'm going to Dallas. I'm telling you right now, if I'm honest, I'm going to go play with Luka. All the pressure is off of me. Luke is the guy. I got a, I got a guy that's going to feed me, give me the ball, I can run up and down the court, get my rebounds. Porzingis is there. Like, who gives a fuck what the rest of the roster looks like? If I'm honest, I'm about to go have some fun in Dallas. Luke, Luke has no pressure, by the way. 
There's no first. The Luca's on a rookie contract. Giannis could go get his money. I'm saying, man. Say they're definitely the best team in Texas. Definitely. That's I mean (laughs) the best team in Texas. Yeah, but like I said, man, I don't know. That that's just the way I see it. Okay, so is there any other trades we missing? Uh, Covington to Portland. That was for a trap. What that mean? What that mean? Go just, ahead. It's just it's just uh, Houston trying to free up pieces. I think oh, Trevor. I think Trevor. I think if they get stuck, if if not, if they get stuck because. Being stuck with Harden and Russ isn't terrible, but what? Uh, but Harden, <laughs> if, but if the Rockets have, if they still have their players, Trevor Ariza as an addition to the Rockets team. Although, like I said, I don't think any team that Harden is on is is a championship winning team. But I, but I do like. That addition just for uh, just intriguing purposes to see what they'll do. I guess the only other trade they're talking about right now is Westbrook being traded. I know you're a big Westbrook guy. Yeah, let's uh, talk about it, Mark. I think Westbrook and Giannis are the same guy, just one seven feet and one six three. Um, no, um, no, because I knew Mark would go like that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel like it's probably one of the more accurate uh, comparisons out there today. Like, if you ask me. Well, uh, no, <laughs> because. <laughs> well, <laughs> Go ahead, explain. You want me to explain? Or you yeah. Want him to explain? Because here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing, man. The bu- bubble, bubble excluding. Because the bubble was atrocious. That was that was fucking awful. Like that was the worst shit I've it was terrible. But bubble excluding. Um he's like he he creates. He creates for his team, man. And and Giannis doesn't. So like he creates for other players to be able to do shit. And be able to get their shots off, and Giannis some, doesn't. Some do that. would argue that Giannis draws a lot of attention, and he creates that way. Have I you mean, ever seen Giannis, the Giannis, the Giannis spin what? moving, the, the the Giannis spin moving dish. He does the shit every time. Yeah, hey, somebody sitting in that corner, you know, you know, somebody <laughs> sitting in that corner for the three, you know, what I'm saying, I, I'm just, I've seen it, I know what I'm, I feel like he. He does create. I'm not gonna let you say he don't create. He does. Well, create. obviously, like I'm not going. Uh, I'm not saying. Excuse me, if it seemed like I was being hyperbolic, because I'm not saying he doesn't create at all. Obviously, he does. Uh, but he does not create to the to the way of what Westbrook does. So, um, but listen, man, That's and honestly, and honestly, like. Everybody that's hating on Westbrook, man, I did I did some soul searching today, and I thought to myself, like, yo, y'all gotta let y'all gotta back up, y'all gotta back up a little bit, dog. <laughs> yo, my, what? What? Why? Why? Give me a yo, reason. All right, listen. You want a reason? My man, he like in the regular season, he was like we saw him trending way up. We saw him trending way way up, and Three then months. my man. Then my man 
had the time off, got hit with COVID. Then he got injured, and then he got uh, like, yo, that's what we doing today. Hold on, yo, yo, yes, 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 my nigga, I'm at the police store right now. Do they got him in blue? <laughs> yo, I'm at the police store right now. Do they got that drawing in blue? Can I get him in blue, please? Like, yo. Like hey. I'm at the I'm at the police store right now. Like I'm copping please right now. And I'm saying my man had COVID and y'all out here, y'all out here like yo, he got weaker from the COVID. Like, dog, you know how it uh, go. And Mark, then you embarrassing yourself, uh, yo, dog. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dr. Fauci said yo, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Fauci. Yo. Dr. Hey, you Fauci know what, man? Said, I believe you, right? But Donovan Mitchell had COVID too, and that motherfucker looked good. <laughs> well, you that know, is true. Eighth, well, you know, did some... he look good in the first round or the second round, though. Listen. Oh wait, oh never mind, never mind. He, he didn't make yeah. it to the second round. I don't know. Exactly. About it. Listen, yeah. listen. You know, some people, some people have uh, are asymptomatic with COVID and don't have no issues. Some people have issues, and some. And some people come out of COVID with that brain fog. They they said it. Like this is what Dr. Fauci said, dog. So you have to excuse the the absent mindedness of some of these people when they coming out with the COVID, dog. Like I'm just saying. I can't wait to close this portion. I promise you I can't. Yo, he was he was busy. Yo, he was busy being a freedom fighter, dog. Like you saw, he was out there being a freedom fighter, and then you know what I mean. He got COVID. Like he had a lot going on, and then he got hurt. And like you expect Yo, him, Mark, you expect him to be the best on one. Mark lane? is like ten seconds away from saying he died for our sins, dog. What are you doing, Mark? <laughs> Come on, man. Look, I'm just hey, saying, dog. First off, because you, I, I was gonna let you rock. I was gonna let you rock because you were just talking about his play, you know, during the season. But then once you got to the point where you now you sounds like you copping please for us playing a bubble. No, we are not gonna do that. His shit was unexcusable in the playoffs. Unexcusable. He had Bruh. a few good he had a few he had a few good games, but not enough. Not nearly enough. Like he was he was bad in a bubble, dog. James Harden outplayed him on the defensive end of the court. Yeah. He was bad in the bubble. I don't know what else you want me to say to you, Mark. Yo, <laughs> listen. COVID COVID-19? I can say a lot of great things about Russell, right? Like, he is, he is the epitome of seize the moment, right? Uh, coming out of high school, he wasn't the man. Nobody was recruiting him. Nobody came to look for him, right? They had a kid named Kelsey Barnes. If you ever look at Russell's things, you see the KB3. They had the schedule already set. The kid died of a heart murmur that summer. Russell came out and balled out still on that big schedule, right? Got to UCLA. Uh, who went down? Was it? Darren Collison went down. Russ stepped in right away, right? Same thing when he got to the league. Uh, uh, Earl Watson went down. He stepped in right away. He seized every opportunity that he had, right? And I respect them to from here on out for it, right? He's the epitome of if you're ready, 
and, and you, you, when that moment happens, he's ready, right? And I give him that. But, but he is. You know how when players get older, they get more skilled. He still relies on his athletic ability to get everywhere he needs to get. He doesn't know how to play at two feet yet. Uh, Chris Paul might be as fast as he is, or fast as he was in his prime. But you would know you wouldn't know that because Chris Paul knows how to slow down and stop and then go. Russ is all go. Russ is all go, and he plays. I wish people played like him because he he has a huge heart and he leaves it all on the floor. But he he makes very bad decisions. He's not a good. He's not good at anything. He's not good at anything. Like he's anything? not a good. Anything. Listen, listen. I'm not. Listen, here, here's the thing. What what I'm not going to let you do is do that because because what you what you're saying is ridiculous. I remember this dude being the guy that every that 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 is contrary to saying he doesn't do anything well because you can't you can't lead your team and be and be the man that takes him to the playoff, but somehow do nothing well. I'll say this. That's just Stephen not true. Adams, Stephen Adams has had his best years when, uh, when Russ With was Russ. there. Exactly. So you Rebounding? can't be that. Huh? Rebounding? Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Because all he does is box out and let Russ come down for the rebound. Points, man. Boy, come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, what I will say about Russ is, is that Russ, Russ plays hard every possession. He plays every possession like it's his last, right? He'll die for, he'll die for loose balls. Uh, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I like that about him, right? But is he, is he, is he a great ball handler? No. Is he a great shooter? No. Does he set guys up because he has skill? I mean, if you want to say his explosion is his skill, then I give you that, right? Because his speed and his explosion is what set guys up. He's going to lose that one day. And as you can see right now, he's losing the step every year. So when he loses it, he's not going to be the same player because he's never developed, he's never fine-tuned his skill. Well, I'm going to say this one last thing about Russ. Um, I do, I do think that his year, his year in Houston, by far his worst. Um, and I do also feel, and. Um, I feel as though, particularly in the bubble, it was all bad. Um, I do not, I will say this though, like, I do not put any other year on Russ. Like, like for instance, like 2000, what, 2019, 2018, I don't put that on, I don't put that on Russ. I put that on, as you know, I put that on PG. And I put that on PG and Mello, like, and that like so, right? So I can't put that on Russ on those years, man. Like PG and Mello just didn't hold up day in. The one and, thing I will say is Russ took a back seat, man. Hold up, Russ took a back seat, which a lot of guys wouldn't do. He took a exactly. back seat, PG, and let PG eat all regular season. That's the one thing that people forget. People forget that he did that. He had. And this, I bring this point up uh, a, a, a few times. Like, I mean, he, uh, you could say 
that he takes away from all these other players. But KD got an MVP while he was playing with Russ. Right. Um, he take you could say he takes away from these players. PG was not only in the MVP conversation, but he was in a defensive player of the year conversation when he played with Russ. You know what I mean? Like Russ does make his players, his players, his teammates better. I, I mean, clearly the Houston thing is, I honestly don't know if anybody could do, could, could do anything to make Harden play any better or look any better. I don't even know if anybody could really even mess but with here's, Harden. But here's so like, the, but that's what I was saying anyway, before, I don't think you can put Harden on any team and it's just not going to work. And secondly, about, and, and even when it comes to the Harden thing, when people say, oh, he's a selfish player, when they say Russ is a selfish player, this, that, and the third, everything about him runs contrary to that th- to that notion when we watched him go to Houston and take a back seat to Harden. He said, he said, yo, okay, you got it. I I'll do I'll try to figure out myself out in any way that y'all need me to be. I will say so this you- about I think you got a better shot of winning a championship with Russ than you do having then do you do winning a championship with Harden because Russ has shown that he can somewhat turn it off or be the second fiddle. Yeah, I don't exactly. think do See, the problem with Russ and his selfishness is that shit cut that that shit kicks in in the fourth quarter. He'll be unselfish all game, and if the fourth quarter if the fourth quarter if the fourth uh, quarter comes around and the game is close, he feels like it's him that Mama should be taking the shots. Mama Mama. Yeah, you know, delusions of grandeur, whatever. Like, you know, he he thinks it should be him that should be taking those shots in it. The day that he and, and this is what I, this is what gets me about him, and I don't understand if people really get this. He played with KD and thought that he should be taking those shots. Yo, if he did that yo. while playing with KD, there's not a player on this. No, earth. no, no! Stop! 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 <laughs> Fuck you! Shut way. up! Stop! Stop! What? Stop! Go ahead. Stop! Because that's Go a lie. You know I'm that's a lie. You yes, I'm because you and I. Yes, because you and I have you and I have conversations about how KD would he shied away from the moment constantly. He did that. He did that constantly. KD used to shy away from the moment all the time, and and Russ would be just be like, "Okay, well, if you're not going to do it, I but, guess I have to." That's cool. So like, guess, guess who don't shy away from that moment? PG don't shy away from that moment. Russ yeah, and he gives you two time. fucking points. Shut but up. Russ was still like, PG PG I'm gave you two points. PG gave you two points in the game play. seven. In the game seven, two points, man. Like, what are you talking about? We're not going to talk about the regular season. See, you just hate PG, man. We're not going to talk no, about No, I, I hate anybody that gives me two points all game and start. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We're not going to – like I said, I just brought the fact that during the regular season, PG was, was on an MVP run. Russ uh-huh. was still felt. Russ still felt like in the fourth quarter, it's kind of his job to take those shots. Even with PG in the running for MVP, I'm saying it doesn't matter who he plays with, dog. He's always on the field that way. Yes, in the playoffs when PG was playing like ass, I don't have no problems with Russ taking the shots then. But I'm saying like during the regular season, during these during their run where they're making their playoff push, and PG's on the MVP ballot, and he's. He's on the defense. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pull up the game. You're gonna have to pull up the files to support that. 
Oh, You're going to have to pull up the files to support it. Okay, he's getting downhill and he's missing layups. He's taking a three ball and missing those. He's doing he's doing pull ups at 20 seconds left on a shot clock too. I, he's he's giving you a mixed bag. Yeah, but if as long as you get a good shot, I don't care if you miss. If you if you go five for for 25, right? Yeah. But you took 20 good shots. I'm fine with that. I, I think would most never have five. that. Pro- I would never have a problem with that. You don't have a problem with being off. I, you have no, taking bad if, if somebody's if somebody's taking good shots and they're missing, the only thing I ask is don't shoot thirty times. Know that you're having an off day and work and work it out in another way. Like I don't want to see the Rockets miss twenty three straight three pointers. I want to see somebody take a mid range mid range jumper or a layup or try to draw a foul. Do something differently than what you're doing if you're missing all these shots. Nine times out of ten, when the guys go five for 25, it's not because they're missing layups. It's because they're taking too many jumpers. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, we have this conversation, Mark, where we say, hey, man, everybody always talks about, as a shooter, all you need to do is see the ball go on a hoop. You can go get a layup. You can go get you a mid-range jumper. You can get to the free throw line. You can make that. All you need to do is see the ball go on a hoop, and then you can get back on track. Yet, and still, we see all these shooters – just constantly taking these three pointers, saying I'm gonna make the next one instead of just settling for the mid range mid range jumper, just so they can get back in rhythm. Like they don't do anything that everybody's been taught over the years. You know, hey, this is what you do to get back in rhythm. That's how that's how Russ was able to turn the table this year. He stopped shooting three ball, and he started attacking yeah. again. No, we, we that's how he got back on track. He had a stretch. He had a stretch. That's what Mark was talking about pre bubble. That last like twenty yeah. games, he had a yeah. stretch where once they traded Capella, that was it. It was like we don't need you to shoot threes no more. And then what happened? Yeah. Russ was Russ was balling. It, it, it but for whatever reason, once it got back, once the break happened, they came back to the bubble. That whole entire philosophy was just out the window. I don't know if that's Russ. I don't know if that's Dan Tony. I want to blame both of them. It's the COVID. It's the COVID. You know what? You're right. COVID. He was weaker. You know what I'm saying? He got that. He had that, the brain fog. The uh, brain fog that Mark was talking about. That's what it was, man. It was the I wasn't talking about it. Dr. Fauci was talking about it. Oh, Dr. Fauci. Excuse things, me. Dr. Fauci so. was talking about it. You know, the brain yes. fog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yo, I don't, I don't got – well, I don't really got nothing else basketball um, unless you guys do – yeah, that was too much Russ conversation anyway, man. You're going to have to leave my guy alone. Yeah, Mark all of a sudden don't want to talk about Russ. That's funny. But it's cool. It's not funny. Like, I just <laughs> – like, duh. It's not it's funny. Not funny. It's, not, it's not funny. It's just I get tired of having the same conversation about Russ, and then I forget half of it because, like, it's the same conversation. get tired of having to defend my guy all the time against nonsense. Now I won't defend them, and I won't defend them in Houston, but I'll defend them in other situations, and I'll defend them, and I'll defend them against you. Like, duh, we'll we'll come back with the numbers. Like, it's okay. Yeah, we'll come back to this shit. We'll come back to it. It's okay. Anyway, listen, man, let's get out of basketball and get into football. All right, so San Francisco sucks. Let's start. Oh man, that's what we're doing, huh? Dog, you mad about this Russ conversation or what, man? Talk to me, Mark. I thought we was better than that. That's what we going to do? San Francisco sucks? I mean, I'm just saying they That's do, That's what though. we doing. Okay. They do. All right, go ahead. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. Go ahead. They don't. They don't. Hey. So, uh, let's we talk. We beat the Giants this year. Did y'all? We beat you. Did oh, you man. beat us? Well, we 
what we doing Did you here, beat Mark? us? What we doing here, Mark? We beat <laughs> the we Giants as well. Here, we played them Man, twice. I go to I go to turn on my fucking TV. The first play I see is Daniel Jones gashing out for a twenty five yard touchdown. That's when I Let knew it was going to be a long Did you beat us? Dog. We beat what the place Giants. Are, what the did you beat? Did you who beat has us a better jump? record, Mark? Who has a better record right now? Who cares? You're in fourth place. I'm in first. Shut no, up. We got third. We got we got second string quarterbacks playing. We just picking guys up out of the grocery line to play running back and shit. Y'all got exactly who y'all picked and y'all playing that, like that. Hey, we in first place. You're in last. If you're not first, you're last. You hang on to that first. You hang on to that three, five, and one first place mark. You hold on. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, well, (laughs) there you go, Ricky Bobby on me. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) Like getting into football, like for real. Um, What's up with Russ, dog? Like, I mean, I have my personal theories about what's going on with Russell Wilson. But as we have seen in the last couple of games, Russell Wilson has not quite looked himself. He he started out on an MVP tear, uh, looking like he was a force of nature. And the last couple of games have gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, it, ending with this game with him having, what, 134 yards and, like, three interceptions and one... And like he was doing a, he did a move that I never thought I would see him do, where he ran to the right and threw across his body to the left. It was absolutely ridiculous. Like you're way too intelligent to do that. I, like even on your worst day, I would never expect that from Russell Wilson. Um, so I gotta ask you guys, man, what's going on with Russ, man? And um. For me, I just um, personally, man, I just think maybe something happened in his life where his mind is not where it's supposed to be. Um, Obviously, we haven't heard anything like that. I don't want to speculate too much. But if it's not that, there has to be a reason. But it does 100% seem like his mind is just not – where he's he's usually very sharp when it comes to everything. There's not there's no no amount of pressure that you put on him can take him out of his game. It seemed like for what since his rookie season, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like this is like super super uncharacteristic for him. And I watched him throw a pick, um, not in this game this week, but the week before. I watched him throw a pick that pick in the end zone where. He rolls out to his right. He stares down the receiver. The line, it was like a linebacker sitting there or a cornerback, whoever, whoever was there. There's a defender sitting there, sitting on the route. And he sees him and he throws the ball anyway. And it gets picked off. And it was just like, and I think it would end up being a pick six. It was just like, it was one of those things where it's like, you saw him there. He got it. I don't understand what happened. Actually, no, that wasn't even the pick six. I want to say that was the Buda Baker play where um, where it wasn't chase him down, where Metcalf chased him down. Everybody's focused on the Metcalf play, but that was that was one of the worst picks I've ever seen Russ Pitt play uh, throw, and that was a big concern for me because I was like, "Yo, you seen him there? Like everybody could see him there. You threw the ball anyway. You stared him down. These are just things, just the little things that he never does, 
Um, so for whatever reason, he is mentally out of it. I personally, outside of something happening to in his personal life, I believe that he might just be getting burnt out finally from slinging the ball all over the place and having to carry the weight of the team on his shoulders. He might just be mentally exhausted at this point. But whatever it is, um, it's definitely a major concern for, for the Seahawks, especially if they plan on doing anything in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Rob, you have any uh, any theories or thoughts uh, about what's going on with Russ? I know they've had a lot of injuries at running back, and that may be one of the reasons why he feels like he has to make a play more. And he's, he's a big play type quarterback. Once he gets out of pocket, once he starts scrambling, uh, he is probably the most deadly quarterback in the league because you know he can make a play. Uh, he's he's made plays over and over. He's that guy that, like, I love to watch him play, but I hate to watch him play against my team. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's all mental because it it's not physical. Throwing across your body is not physical. It's all mental. Staring at staring a, 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 a DB down and throwing the ball anyway is mental. So uh, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is, but hopefully he can recover from it because he's one of those guys I enjoy watching, even though I hate when he plays against us. Yeah, hate the Seahawks, hate everything about them. But, yes, I enjoy Russell Wilson. So. <laughs> oh, listen, um, it is. Like with Russ, I don't know what's going on, but it definitely seems like there's some uh, there's some major issues here with uh, with Russ, um, because these interceptions are they're getting to be um, like they're getting to be a little egregious um, to say the yes. least. Like because it's like I'm watching you and I'm like. Who are you? Like that guy was standing there the whole time, right in front of your face, and you threw it right to him. He's not your teammate. He played for the other team. I don't know if you noticed that. Like so, <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. it's getting to be a little weird uh, on Russ's part. And the best I can figure, without putting speculation into his personal life, is that he's burnt out. Uh, pitchers get burnt out all the time, like, especially if they're overused. Uh, so, and we've seen it this year. He's been heavily used. He, he came, like, this was atypical for him coming out, coming out slinging uh, from game one. And um, maybe it's just, maybe his pitch count is coming up and it's time. And, like, he just needs to dial it back a bit. Even if you don't, even if you don't have Chris Carson, maybe you just need to go ahead and just keep running that ball with DJ Dallas and uh, the other guy and the other guy that you have, just so you can keep take the pressure off of Russ and he can be able to gather himself. Because whatever's going on, um, you're not going to win games this way, um, and it looks like. Thursday night, you have what will most likely be yet another shootout against the Cardinals um, for the round two. Way Murray's playing, <laughs> good luck. You can't be out there making mistakes. Yeah, and that was the difference between their last game was 
Murray threw one interception. Meanwhile, Russ threw three. So, and that was the difference maker in which why um, basically the Cardinals won. Um, but speaking of the Cardinals, um, I want to talk about how how well the Cardinals are doing. The Cardinals are six and three, and they look excellent. They, well. And they just won the game off of Hail Mary, and it's all excellent, and it's all well and good, and it's great, except for the fact that when you watch this team and you use your eyes, you notice one thing for sure is that the play calling is garbage. Um, <laughs> the, the offensive line play is garbage. The Like, you know, you watch this, and basically what what we are seeing is every pass play Kyler Murray makes the play more than what it is. Uh, he makes the he makes every pass play a lot more than what it is. Um, and I just want to go on record saying that um, this puts the coach on notice for me, or at least at the very least, the offensive coordinator on notice for me because, like, unless unless when I open his playbook, it says basic pass play, let Kyler Murray figure it out. <laughs> like, then, yeah. like then, then this is a failure on offense yeah. because that's what every play ends up being is Kyler, Kyler Murray figures it out. It makes something that shouldn't work uh, a positive. So what are you guys' thoughts? Clip, well, uh, clip. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach Williams, man, he is. He was dubbed. I'm. I don't know how this is gonna stay with you, Mark, but he was dubbed the next Cal Shanahan, <laughs> offensive guru. <laughs> <laughs> offensive. I'm not. I'm laughing with you. Anyway, right? Uh, offensive guru. Uh, and he's supposed to be like this guy who who had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. And he's supposed to be great with quarterbacks. And Kyler Murray reminds me so much of Russell Wilson. Uh, he He's the same size. They're both tiny. I'm sorry, they're both 5'10". Uh, they both, once they get out the pocket, they're playmakers, right? But it looks more like Kyler Murray throws to open spots as opposed to open receivers. <laughs> that's a very that's a good that's a good assessment. <laughs> so like, like the Hail like, Mary was open spot. It, I don't even know if you want to call it an open spot. He threw to a spot on the field hoping that somebody would be there. Like yes. Yeah. Like he does that he does that more times than not. And like having arguably the best receiver in the game, uh allows you to, to, to make up that margin of error. It allows you to say, all right, I can just – as long as I get to the spot, I throw it close there. Like, it's like in basketball, if you got a guy that jumps off the gym, just throw it up near the rim, he'll go get it. And it's yeah. the same with Hopkins, right? And, it, I mean, like, the trade the trade they made for Hopkins has, has been a one-sided trade because the Texans have went downhill. And Arizona has traded the opposite way. We already knew that shit was one sided, dog. We, we he got traded 
they they got uh DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts, man. Yeah. Uh, dog, D- D- David Johnson. I'm like, yo, the guy that been injured for the past two and a half seasons. Damn. Yeah. And then you're talking about the same guy that got passed up by Kenyon Drake after they picked up Kenyon Drake. That guy. Yeah. I was like, yo, I can't believe they traded. Like, look, man. That that was a whole wild thing, but that's a, that's a whole Bill O'Brien thing. That's a whole another topic. I feel like we've talked about Bill O'Brien enough on this show, um, so I'm not going I'm not going to dig into that. But uh, to to piggyback on what you're saying, man, like you're talking about um, Kyler Murray um, just creating. Both of y'all talk about him just creating. Um, you you're talking about him throwing open spots on the field. There's about eight to ten times where he he runs about eight to ten times a game. He gets about – he's getting like – I feel like it looks like to me – I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he's getting like 80 yards rushing a game, it seems like to me. It feels like when I watch these games, and I'm like, yo, this dude just be taking off every play. Like every first half of the game, I got I got DeAndre Hopkins on my fantasy team, and I'm like, yo, he ain't getting no catches. And every time I watch the game, it's because Kyler Murray's taking off running. You know what I mean? So – and, and you're talking about the whole quarterback situation, right? with uh, Kingsbury, with Cliff Kingsbury being a quarterback guy. And the one thing that I would remind people is, because um, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' play at Texas Tech did, didn't look anything um, like his play with Kansas City. And it is because he never reined him in. He just let him. He just let him throw whatever passes he wanted to throw. If he if he wanted to gunsling that day, then it's, he's just gunslinging that day. If he want if he ends up throwing three picks, he throws three picks in the first half. Maybe he'll get it back in the second half. He just kind of. It, it seems like in college, um, Patrick Mahomes just green light. Do whatever you want. And and now that he has ended up in a location with the coaching staff that actually said, you know what, we're gonna we're not reining you in, but we're gonna sharpen your skills a little bit better. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna help you progress a little bit better, a little bit more into a more uh, refined. Maybe we're gonna refine your skills. We don't want to change them. We don't want to change the way you play. We're gonna refine your skills, and this is the result of what what has happened. Is what we're seeing now, and. Cliff Kingsbury, the result of letting your quarterback just do whatever the hell they want to do is what we're seeing now. Great, great. Kyler Murray is talented enough to make that work. But eventually, we always say it, defensive coordinators get tape on you. And once they get the tape on you, if you're a player that's playing off of tendon, off of your personal tendencies, guess what? defenses are going to figure out what your tendencies. Hey, if you pressure him this way, he's going to roll out in this direction, and then you can catch him. You know what I'm saying? They're going to figure out what your natural tendencies are, and they're going to play off of it, and they're going to eat you alive. So right now, he's enjoying success, but at some point, they have to develop his skills or at least put uh, a little bit more structure around him within the offense for him to be able to flourish the way that Russell Wilson is flourishing now. Yeah. So, yeah. You got uh, anything, Mark? Got anything well, else? No, no, I don't. Um, honestly, uh, I I went first, so I don't have. Yeah, anything. yeah, I know you did. 
Yeah, but uh, oh, and to, to what we talked about earlier, yes, uh, they're playing great right now. These, this team has a lot of deficiencies on both sides of the ball, which I think is going to eventually catch up with them. If they do end up being a playoff team, I, I just don't, I just don't foresee them getting out of the first round of the playoffs because of these deficiencies. They look great record-wise. They look great win-wise. But when you watch them on tape, Mark, you are absolutely correct. You look at it, and it just looks like a scattered mess. Yeah. The only shot shot they have in the playoff game is they get matched up against Philly. They should go ahead and smash them real quick. Don't even say Philly. Just any one of those teams coming out the NFC East. If they get matched up with the NFC East winner, then, yeah, they could probably win that. They could could win that game, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It's cool. (laughs) Is it cool? Is it cool, Mark? You cool with that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Listen, listen, you know what's funny? Because we've had that conversation as to – when do you start rooting for your team to lose or when, you know, when I asked that kind of, asked that question about two, three episodes ago, yeah. um, it seems like Philadelphia finally has caught up to my thought process, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, don't put it past Dougie, though. You know Dougie. Yeah, He'll throw you yeah. for a loop real quick. He'll go win the game that he ain't got no business winning. Watch, Mark. You know it's coming. Really? Yeah, but I just find it I find it hilarious, man. I'll, I'm always a little a couple steps ahead when it comes to certain thought processes. Um but moving on from that, man, I wanted to ask you cuz you said you had a theory about what my next question. Um okay. And this this year passing isn't down, but like the passing numbers are still relatively the same. The passing yards is down. Like um I think the the highest the high, the highest uh the quarterback with the highest amount of yards this season so far is Josh Allen with 2817 I believe. Um and I don't so this I think this is the first time in a long while that we haven't had any uh re- any QBs on pace for 4500 yards. Now, mind you this in years past or even going back to last year seemed like more than half the league was uh sitting around 4000 yards and this year I'm truly questioning with about 6 games left for every team will they hit that number will they hit 4000 um and i'm just wondering because why that is why is the why is the passing attempts still sitting at relatively the same but the yardage is just not adding up oh yes so let's get into let's get into this man um if you look around the league there's a lot more young coaches that are coaching in the league, correct? Um, a lot of these young coaches, they're either pulling from college or they're pulling from, uh, you know, coaching staffs. You know, they're pulling from people's coaching trees. Um, 
all of these guys, Mark, we've already pointed out that to me, I feel like they're all Sean Payton's children. And uh, what what kind of plays does Sean Payton dial up? Slants. A lot of fucking short shit. A lot of short yardage plays, okay? This is the new wave right now, Mark. The new wave is to get your completions, get your short, get work efficiently, and let your playmakers get the big yardage. Instead of throwing downfield, the, the object is to get the ball in your playmakers' hands and let them make the plays. So um, there's a reason why Josh Allen <laughs> is leading the league in yardage, I believe. But here's two things. Number one, they haven't had a bye week yet. So it's a little bit deceptive. Josh Allen is averaging about 280 yards a game, which is still, you know, usually there's somebody averaging 300. He's averaging 280. But also, Josh Allen is a guy that takes shots down the field. He just is. He has a big arm, and they let him take shots down the field. That's why he's. That's why I believe that his numbers are a little bit different, but they still take a lot of those little dink and dunk passes. That is, that is the wave of today's offenses. Um, and then if you compare this year to maybe two or three years ago, there's a lot more teams right now that have committed to running the ball. Maybe not with one running back, but by committee. So there's a lot of these teams now are running the ball excessively. You know what I mean? So you have, you have the Niners. You have the Packers have now bought in to running the ball a lot. You have all these teams around. You have a decent amount of teams around the league right now that are buying into running. The Saints didn't used to run this much. They run, they run more now over the last three years than they have any other years with uh, Drew Brees. A lot of these teams are running the ball. There was one team that was throwing the ball 50 times a game. That was Dallas. Dallas, was, Dallas has a bunch of playmakers, though. They were throwing – Dak was out there throwing deep balls, but he's throwing short stuff too. He just happens to, to have 50 to – he happened to have 50 to 60 attempts, and he had a bunch of playmakers on his team. You know what I mean? That's why he was getting the numbers he was getting. But really, if you look at it, you had it like we talked about. Um, we talked about it earlier in a few like in the earlier in the season in one of our episodes about Joe Burrow throwing the ball sixty times, but getting three hundred yards. Yeah, this is this is commonplace right now. It's just it's just commonplace for um, for guys to throw the ball thirty times maybe get 25 completions, but then end up with 220 yards. Yeah, so, now, go ahead, Rob. But that's, but that's basically, no, that's basically what I'm saying here is the dink and dunk game is very prevalent in today's game. Teams are taking a lot less shots down the field, but that's also, it correlates with the way that teams have been drafting. They'd rather just draft a fast guy that doesn't have any route, route running ability because they're just going to take their couple of shots down the field rather than get a guy like Devontae Adams or, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. They'd rather, they'd rather just get the cheaper player that isn't as skilled and try to get them into open space than to get the guys that are big name or big play guys. Do you think that has anything to do with timing right now? As the season goes on, do you think quarterbacks will be able to, to find a better rhythm with their receivers? Or do you think I, that? I honestly think that right now, 
teams are hitting their stride as far as timing. Usually in a regular NFL season, week four, week five is usually when it happens. Right now, if you count what would have been the preseason and where they at now, this is the point where we're at. And so I feel like these guys have hit their stride. But I also – I do think there's certain players that – certain teams that might catch back up. You're dealing with injuries. That's also to play – plays plays a part. But like I said, I also just believe if you look at the most potent offenses in a league, who's throwing downfield? You look at Green Bay. They're not throwing downfield. You, you know what I'm saying? You look at the Saints. They don't throw downfield. You look at – you look at – you look at well, the Bucks. No, you, can't, you can't look at the Saints. We'll see – We'll see after this week. We'll so see after this week. At, but you can't look, look at the same. Tom Brady. Right. You look at all Tom Brady's big games. It's not like he's throwing a bunch of bombs out there. Like He he did have a 400-yard game this week, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but like I said, they're getting the, they're getting the balls into the play, playmaker's hands at 15, 10 to 15 yards and letting them create in space. That's today's game. Hmm. And, and guess yeah. what? If, 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 they, if they don't create in space, you have a bunch of five to ten yard gains. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. <laughs> just nickel and dime you to death. That's it. That's the game plan. There's so many, there's so many more play, quarterbacks today throwing for 60 plus percent or 65 percent and up than we've ever had. Well, there's a lot going on out there it seems man um to say the least uh looking at because you say that but looking at patrick mahomes patrick mahomes um he has all the utensils and somehow they still don't they rarely throw a ball over 30 yards And he has Tyreek Hill, and that's the and once upon a time that was Patrick Mahomes' favorite pass. So was to was to launch it, like he used to love to launch it, and it seems like he's tempered that quite a bit. He could just be playing within the offense. It's still an Andy Reid offense. Well, um, yeah, he could so. be playing more into the offense now than he was when he was younger. We're, yes, that's very true. Um, and and we got we can't leave out the fact that Kansas City runs the ball more now than they did before, so that could also play a fact play the you know play a factor or factor into it you know right very much so. Um, Rob, do you play fantasy football? Uh, no, I don't. Have you ever? I have before, but I don't like rooting against my team. And that's what hurts me. Uh, do it. The, the do age it. old, I hate rooting against my team. <laughs> well, well, let me put it this way. Mark Mark refuses to draft any Cowboys players. He don't care who they got. Nope. <laughs> like, he, he, in fantasy football, he just like, yo, I can't do it. I'm like, yo, I understand. I can't be mad at you, you know? <laughs> like yeah. everybody has their like boundaries of what they're willing to do with their fantasy. And then you got, you always got the guys that are like, I want to draft all my, all my team's players. You know what I'm saying? We got guys that are bears fans that have like four bears players. You got Cowboys fans. You got like five Cowboys players on the team. You know, it's not the best strategy to win, but they're happy. They got their guys, you know, yeah. I think so. that uh, Mark, you, you hate your, your hate for the Cowboys. 
has just united us. I too hate the- <laughs> Yeah, I, listen, man, I I can't stand it. Like, there's only one cowboy I've ever drafted, and his name is Terrell Owens. Um, there we go. Only yeah, cowboy I've ever I've ever drafted in my life, and he's going to be the only cowboy I will ever draft is Terrell yeah. Owens. Now, mind you, what's crazy is I'm an Ohio State fan. Uh, I'm a big Ohio State fan. And I was a massive uh, prep. Can't even think of his name now. Uh, Zeke. Yes, I was a massive Ezekiel Elliott fan. Steve, perfect example. I forget his <laughs> name now. I for, now now that he's a cowboy, I don't even know his fucking name. Like, <laughs> like who, who the fuck is this dude? Like, I was a massive Ezekiel fan prior to him becoming a cowboy. As soon as he started wearing that star, I started looking at those half shirts a little bit differently. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yo, yo, man, seriously. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's that's not okay. Those half shirts. (laughs) That's not okay. okay. (laughs) Excuse me. Yo, man. But yeah, I was like, nah, I'm I'm okay on that. But yeah. Um, So. I'm not a fan at all. Cowboys have me looking at players completely differently. I I hate you as soon as you become a cowboy. Um, so, but yeah, man. Um, I think I've. I think I respect Michael Irvin though, but like it's more so I re. Oh, and Deion. Obviously, nobody can hate Deion Sanders. Like that's impossible. Uh, but um. But Michael Irvin, I've grew a respect for simply because of his life journey and like that I like him overcame overcoming his addiction and being able to uh find a resurgence in a in a way back and you know, into the spotlight and being you know, being recovered and stuff. Like I so I respect Michael Irvin. Especially I, seeing huh? Oh no, go ahead, continue. No, especially seeing how he avoided uh, that whole sexual harassment scandal over at NFL Network, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, yo, man. Do you yo. remember getting fired for coming for, for, for getting a DUI? Do you remember that shit? Yeah. Yo, like, I, like him, him and Dion were the only ones that somehow escaped that job. Like, everybody else... Got hemmed up on that sexual harassment stuff. Yeah. Him and Dion was like, "No, sir, mm <laughs> Y'all guys go ahead and do that if y'all want. We okay, like, <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I really, I, I at the time, I hated Michael Irvin because I thought he was overrated. But then, mm-hmm. but then, to be honest with you, it sucked because like his last two years, I thought that. I started taking a liking to him because of his toughness. And then that's when he got twisted all up, almost broke his neck and all that shit. And I was like, damn, dog, that's a terrible way to go out. Like, I kind of, I did feel bad for him in that moment. But, you know, Robert knows as a Niner, people, people, people might not understand it. The younger cats don't understand it. But as a Niners fan, the battles that happened between us and the Cowboys in the uh, NFC playoffs, it was kind of epic. Like it was one of those things where it's like, we were always one of the two teams was always the favorite and we would meet up in the playoffs. And it was like, yo, we, 
this is like our NFC championship right here. Whoever wins mm-hmm. this is probably going to go on to go to the Super Bowl, regardless of the standings of what, what's going on, especially if we met in the NFC championship. It, it's just one of those things where I absolutely hated the Cowboys. Like, so, <laughs> so like, yeah, that rivalry is a real rivalry that people don't, that the younger generation doesn't know exists. Like, people look at me like, well, you're an Irish fan. I don't understand why you hate the Cowboys. Like, yeah, well, you would. We, we, we <laughs> yeah. played the pack a lot. I played the Packers a lot in the playoffs too, right? Packers too. I hate the Packers too because of that. I, I hate well, them, but I don't good. hate them like I hate the Cowboys though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I do. I guess it's because of Aaron Rodgers being on the team. Like, I really do not like that guy. Well, here's Bar- the reason why people don't understand y'all hate is because it was over twenty something years ago, and you guys like it's been so long since you guys have been relevant that it's like, oh, really? That used to be that was a uh, you know, thing, Robert. You know what's okay. the thing that blows my mind? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they get one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl, dog. And then and then now they want to talk shit to everybody. One, they got they they tasted one victory, one fucking Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden they feel like they're better than teams. Like y'all trash, y'all trash, y'all the bottom of the barrel. One Super Bowl, y'all been in the league for how long? Y'all got one Super Bowl, and you just got it. Come on, you're not going. You're not going to talk down on the Niners like that, nah. Nah, I I will. And that's all we need. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> Yo. Uh, next year, Sean, uh, COVID over, man. I'm down the street from the uh, from the new Ram Stadium, right? Come yeah. on out with the tailgate together. Niners tailgate. Yo, I'm down. I'm down for that, man. I just don't know if I want to do any Raiders tailgating here in, the, in Vegas. You know, the, the Rams tailgating sounds a little bit better to me than the Raiders. I can't, I just can't get down with it. I don't even hate the Raiders. I, like, I have no problems with them. But I just don't want to, just, I'm just going to feel dirty just being in, you know what I'm saying, doing tailgating for the Raiders. I feel like I'm not supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? So We have more, we have more Niner fans here in LA than we do uh, uh, Chargers fans, Rap fans. So oh, that's dope then. That's good. See, then I'll be alright then. I, I'll show up there and you know, and also um, uh, summer league. We talked about this. Yeah, I'll come out for summer league, man. Please, man, because I'm. I mean, that shit was dope when I went. I'm. I'm. I'm glad I got to see the one game that Zion played in the summer league. That was. That was definitely. It was worth the money. It was worth the wait. All that shit. So. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, man. So let's get into this fantasy talk um, officially. So, how'd you do this week, Sean? <laughs> I think I went one and I think I went uh one and two, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go ahead and bring this up. I don't want to dig too much into my losses. They were just bad losses. Um no drama, no drama team. Uh I basically had some piss poor performances. Robert Woods, eight points, James Connor, uh six points. Uh, Hawkinson, three points. Jarek McKinnon, five points. Um, my bench, it's not like I left a bunch of points on the bench either. Melvin Gordon had four, and Mark Andrews had 13. That's what I had on the bench. It just was one of those games where I wasn't going to win. Josh Allen got me 34. Cole Beasley got me 27. Um, and 
And Dalvin Cook, who I thought might be my savior, seeing, seeing as though I was down by like 20-something points, I was like, he's he could go off for 30. And then he gives me 15. Of course, this is the one down game that he has. So that kind of that kind of messed me up. I'm still in first place in that league though. So I'll take I'll take that, but I'm not holding first place by much. We have three people tied at seven and three in that league, in the no drama league. And yeah, I happen to have the most points. That's why I'm there. So I can't lose any more games, Mark, or else I'm gonna yeah. drop down a bunch. But uh in the uh in the uh, Lions versus Men, I got the brakes blown off. <laughs> uh, 76 to 121. Uh, we can chalk that up to um, – we could just chalk that up to everybody on the opposing team having a decent game and then my team just giving me absolute garbage. Dalvin Cook with 15 was my most points. I want to say Russ gave me three in that league. Tyler Lockett, 11. My kicker was my third highest scorer. I don't even think I need to explain any further than that. <laughs> when your kicker's your third highest scorer, that's not a good game. Um, yeah. And then uh, with the uh, with the trash league, I I got a dub. I kind of won that one early on, um, but. I feel like I was still fortunate because Russell Wilson gave me nine points in that league, 9.9. So with Russ having a bad week, I got 24 from Ronald Jones because he had that 98-yard touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, 25. You already know what it is. He's, he's just going to give you those numbers with playing in that uh, playing with that team. And then Brandon Ayuk came through. Hunter Henry got a, his second touchdown of the year. <laughs> and uh, Dolphins kicker got me 13. Ravens let me down. So I got let down. I got one point from the Ravens, one point, uh, one point from the Ravens, eight points from Mike Davis and nine points from Russ. And I still pulled out a victory. So I will take it, especially since I was playing the guy that has Josh Allen, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, you know, like I was afraid of that uh, Packers lineup. And luckily they, they kind of had mediocre days. So all in all, you know, the two money leagues, I'm in first place and second place, so I'll take it. Lions versus men, I'm five and five. I'm a little bit lower on the ranking, but ain't no money in that. I'm still trying to win, though, but I, I can take that. I can take that. Yeah. What about you? Well, I went one and three as well this week. Um, I won the no drama uh, fun time league. I I won that, uh, won that by a wide margin, although my team did not put up the numbers that they are used to putting up. I won that by a wide margin, um, largely because of DeAndre Hopkins and and Chase Claypool um, and in those leagues. Um, so shout out to Mapletron. I know Darius hates, the, hates that. You name, don't like that I, shit, man. I won't but, say it, but that's cool. But it is what it is. That's what they call them. <sighs> All right, Koi, continue. Pretty Ricky is what they call them. Hey. That's not what they call them. <laughs> Nobody's calling them that. Stop it. <laughs> I like the reference, though. I like the reference. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, hey, man. So, anyway. Um, I So, and in the Lions versus Men League, I lost that league. 
largely because of well two reasons i still have yet to lock down a qb in that league um that will be consistent or even give me close to 20 points every week i can't like i'm hovering around 18 points a week with quarterbacks and that's just not good enough um but i lost this week mostly because of travis fulgham uh, only only giving me one point uh, in games all the way up until this week he was averaging somewhere around 9 to 11 targets per game and in this game he only had 5 and only pulled down one target in the game sounds so, absolutely ridiculous that's bad luck Mark yeah so I lost mostly because he only gave me one point and I sat Chase Claypool in that league had I started him, I probably I would have still lost, but it would have been a lot closer than what it was. Mm-hmm. And in the Lions versus Men League, I mean not the Lions, but in the Trash League, yeah, I lost that league because of Cordell Patterson's uh, kick return for a touchdown. I uh, lost that league. Were you playing coach? Yeah, I'm tired of him winning these bullshit games, man. I'm tired like, of him squeaking Cordell- through. On the skin of his teeth and winning these damn games. This dude is nine and one for absolutely no reason, Mark. Like legitimately, like court, like he needed, like that's it's insane that what he needed to beat me, and he got it. Like, like court, like he needed, uh, he needed his defense to perform, and they didn't perform, but they got a kick return for a touchdown, so he that got. So he got those points from that, like. Yeah. But I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring something up. Coaches on a seven game win streak. Now, what's more ridiculous about that is what did Dak get injured week four? So he only like out of that win streak, Dak was only there for one of it. Like he has all the Cowboys players. He's just been winning since all the all since uh the Cowboys went down. He he has. Ten, he has uh, a thousand, one thousand seventy nine points scored against him. Mark, do you know where that ranks as far as points scored against? I do not. Dead last. Nobody's scoring points against him. Mark, of course he's. In, I'm. I'm. Get, I just hate the fact that every time, every time he plays somebody, that team has their worst game. Like not a worst game, but they have a bad game. You know, right. people underperform against him, man. I, I hope somebody knocks them off first round of playoffs. Honestly, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, my my team, although I'm the highest scorer in the league, I've only scored 74 points more than I've had points scored against me. I'm like treading above water at six and four with that shit. And meanwhile, coaches out here just getting fucking spoon fed victories here. That sounds like hate, probably, but it is what it is. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like honestly. Um, That's destiny. In that, work. <laughs> yeah, like in in that league, I'm honestly in no drama league is my best chance to win, and I'm pretty much I'm pretty much in in good spot to win. I have the right receivers. I have everything that I need in that league. In in the Lions versus Men league. I would be perfectly fine if I could somehow magically lock down a quarterback, but because I can't do that, 
my team is falling to the wayside uh, because of most, largely because of quarterback play, and I like um, I need somebody else to go off from week to week. And so, if anybody's not performing, then it's just it does it looks bad, and it yeah it doesn't work out very well. Yeah, but um, so um, with that said, man, let's get into uh, let's get into it. Uh, you got any waiver wire ads uh that stand out to you? Whew, man, this is a tough one. Uh, the the first name that start that jumps out to me is Jameis Winston. To be honest, with those weapons, um. With Drew Brees being good, probably more than likely being out for the season, at least for the fantasy season, I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Uh, that's that's number one. Like, if you need a quarterback, absolutely go get him. Um, this is it's been a real shady situation, or a very very unpredictable situation with the Colts' backfield. It's starting to clear up a little bit. I feel like Taylor is now going to end up at the bottom of that running back committee. Um, Naheem Hines is probably more towards the top. At least he's getting, he's getting all the red zone touches. He's getting red zone receptions. He's getting red zone carries. Uh, Naheem Hines is probably available in everybody's league. That's another one at running back. Um, wide receiver. I'm going to go ahead and point out that, uh, Alan Lazard should be coming back off of IR now. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have his second favorite target to throw to. Um, and in that offense, they need it badly. Um, I I would just have him not only because he's coming back and he's going to be the second option for Aaron Rodgers, but we know that Devontae Adams is kind of injury prone. He could get injured again during the season. And if he does, you're going to want Alan Lazard because uh, – uh, Valdez Scantling is not as not nearly as good as Lazard, so that's who I would be looking at. And then uh, I I don't see any other wide receivers that I would take up. And uh, as far as that goes, I think that's it. I already mentioned I already mentioned uh, I mentioned that I just I picked up the Miami's kicker recently. Miami's offense seems to be getting short fields because of their defense, they, their special teams. Their offense seems to be rolling. If there's any struggles, they're going to kick field goals, which they seem to be doing a lot of, getting a lot of field goals and not touchdowns. Perfect perfect kicker to go get if, if he's even available anymore. Uh, that's Sanders from Miami. I have nothing else, Mark. Those are my guys. I try to pick one from each position. I don't got nothing for defense. Y'all just shit out of luck. All right, listen. As far as uh, the Colts' backfield go, I would suggest to anyone that's out there stay far away from the Colts' backfield <laughs> if you if you can stay away from them um, because all season it's been uh, up and down on who's going to do what. Like, here's the thing. Um, so. Like Naeem Hines, right? He had 21 points in week eight, five points in week nine, 28 points in week 10. And in week eight, he had five carries for eight yards total. But he had three, but he had three catches for, uh, he had three receptions 
for 54 and two touchdowns in week eight. Two catches for 67 yards in week nine and only two carries for 18 yards. Now, magically, in week 10, from out of nowhere, he has 12 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown, and he has five catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. So you don't, like, you don't know what this team is going to do. And I, I'm up in before week eight, he had, a, like, just going from week one to week six, 27 points, 1.10657. Like, so you can't really rely on these guys because prior to that, it was Jonathan, the Jonathan Taylor show. And then they still have another young running back who's also capable of. And I get that. That's a fair assessment. But if you're in a situation like me where you're starting Mike, Mike Davis, which the Panthers seem to not be giving him the ball anymore. Um, And then you also have Ronald Jones. If you're in a situation like me and you're just looking for a third guy to pick up, to have on your bench, Naheem Himes is probably is really, is a really good pickup. And the reason, and, and, and Mark, you can say all these things, but if you look at the carry splits, um, Taylor went from getting 18, 15 to 18 carries a game and getting 80% of the ground carries all the way down to where I believe he's now getting like 30% or less of the ground carries. So yes, there is a tide turning. And the reason why I mentioned Naheem Hines instead of Wilkins is because Wilkins is primarily ground. Uh, Naeem Hines is is going to catch more balls through the air. But also, even if he doesn't get the carries, Naeem Hines will. He seems to be the red zone guy. If you compare the touchdowns between Naeem Hines and Wilkins and Taylor, I believe Naeem Hines might even have more touchdowns than both of them combined at this point. And if, if it's trending in the direction to where Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor are going to be getting splitting about between the two of them, getting about 65% to 70% of the touches. Yes. Go for Go for Naheem Hines instead of Jonathan Taylor or Wilkins. I mean, this is definitely not a drop of running back that you already have situation. Right. Well, um, for me, um, if I was to pick a running back to pick up, I would say uh, Salvin Ahmed. Uh, Salvin Ahmed for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Salvin, um, he had a he had his uh, opportunity this past weekend, uh, where with the Miami Dolphins, where he, the undrafted rookie, had twenty one carries for eighty five yards and a touchdown. He did not disappoint. Uh, and seeing how most of that backfield is injured, uh, and Gaskins is on IR, um, they gave him the bell cow duties and he showed up. So, um, seeing how everybody else is still injured, he's a guy to, uh, still look out for and take to possibly start this week. Um, as far as wide receivers go, um, Honestly, the, um, the field of wide receivers is pretty huge. I doubt that anybody really needs a wide receiver out there. Nobody should this year. Everybody's eating this. Year. Like, yeah. And all the wide receivers are pretty much evened out 
for the most part, except for like the top three. Um, and as far as tight ends go, maybe Robert Tunyon is out there because a lot of people dropped him last week. Um, so uh, as far as Yahoo uh, fantasy leagues go, I did notice a lot of people dropped him. Uh, so maybe you could try for Robert Tunyon this week. And uh, if the Cleveland Browns are available for as far as defenses go, um, pick them up because they play my Philadelphia Eagles and my Philadelphia Eagles are trash. So there's <laughs> a good chance that they're going to get you some points this week. Um, that's pretty much all I got for uh, waiver wire ads. Is there anything that I missed as far as this week goes that you guys may have wanted to talk about if we didn't cover? Um, uh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't really think so. I think well, like we're, we're at a point in the season where we're really getting to see, we're about to see the cream rise to the top, you know, um, I still think we talked, I know we had a separate conversation off air about the Steelers. Um, as of right now, the, my, the two teams that I feel like are going to finish with the best records in the NFL are the Chiefs and the Steelers. Um, I don't see any teams finishing with a better record than those two teams. Um, I believe they'll both get a bye week in the AFC. Um, with that said, I think the Steelers are a little bit more well-rounded than the Chiefs. Um, but there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you can do if if Patrick Mahomes is having a game. So I I still will never bet against those the, the Chiefs in, in any scenario at, at this point. But um, just the thing to keep an eye on, We, me and Mark disagreed about this slightly, but I think we're both on the same page, understanding that the Steelers have a chance to go undefeated. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Between between getting caught slipping on one of these weeks and uh, and also between that and locking up a bye week and trying to rest guys, I think between one of those two situations, they'll end up ending the season 14-2. and two. But I'm definitely going to be on the watch to see if the Steelers are able to pull off an undefeated season. I will say this. Um, if you have Mike Davis, even though he's been disappointing for over the last six to seven weeks, uh, largely because of game plan, um, now would be the time to start him. Because with Teddy Bridgewater injured and Christian McCaffrey out, I suspect Mike Davis should be a major part of the game plan this week. If he's not, I do not understand what this coaching, uh, uh, what this uh, coaching group is trying to do. It's, it's Matt Rule, right? I, I don't, I, I, I didn't really have too much confidence in him coming into the season, but I don't know if it's more him or Teddy Bridgewater that's had this team playing the way it is, but we're going to find out. We're yeah. going to find out now, you know? Yeah, and Mike Davis has been disappointed over the last five weeks, not last seven. Yeah, um, but it's, still been, it's been really disappointing. And, so and, hopefully and, the coach pulls his head out of his ass and figures out that, you know, 
you you have to lean on a running back to keep the pressure off of the quarterback. And like I said, this has largely been because of game plan and nothing else really. Yes. Um, so, which that make in my opinion that makes it that much more unfortunate. Because... I'm not gonna lie, Mark. I'm probably gonna start throwing stuff if they if if I see another three or four handoffs to Chris uh, Samuels. Yeah, like the, the Curtis Sam the Curtis Samuels Curtis, handoff. Curtis. Chris, Chris has Sam, been yeah. uh, has been very has been ridiculous to say the least. Um, so yeah, I don't know where we go from here with that. Um, but anyway, that's all I got for this episode. Honestly, Robert, you have anything that uh, you fellas thought we may have missed? Uh, no, I don't have anything at all, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure having you on, brother. Uh, we devolved into some uh, hilarious outtakes that's more than likely not going to make the episode. So if Sean feels like cutting them up and put them out, um, all you listeners harass him for them because Everything that you said about Russ, I don't care whether you put it in the episode or not. I at least have to cut that. I got to, I got to, I might throw some sad music behind it and everything. I don't even know what I'm about to do, Mark, but. I have to I have to share this with the world, you know. Listen, man, Russ is my guy, dog. But look, I'm not gonna defend I'm not gonna defend his Houston play. His Houston play is terrible was terrible. I'm not I gonna mean, defend that. You brought up COVID and everything, Mark. It felt like you was defending them, but No, because COVID is real. It is real. It is real. All right. But, but is is Russell Westbrook's brain fog real? According to Dr. Fauci, it may be. <laughs> Keep referencing Fauci. You know what? I'm, I'm not go- we done. We done with that, okay? I'm but, just saying. Look, I don't got nothing else. I'll I'll mention a couple of things off air in a second, but, you know. You think Dr. Fauci's fake news? No. I think your fake news with your Russell Westbrook copping, please, you know. Please oh. copping going on here. Yeah, I, that's, listen, that's- man, I'm just... I'm just I'm just out here theorizing what could possibly be going on. Listen, and because all it can't I know, possibly just be him. I'm just saying what Dr. Fauci <laughs> has said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Okay, pe- okay. That about fifty-three percent of people recovering from COVID have been found to have a brain fog and loot and not been able to think quickly on their feet. And things of that nature, but hey, you know what I'm saying. If you if you think it's fake news, I guess it is. It's cool. You know what, Mark? Man, you a funny guy. I like you though. I like you. You know what? You got a lot of loyalty, man. You're showing a lot of loyalty right now. I know because okay. somehow you're magically still my friend. It's weird. What are you talking about? <laughs> Look, man. I'm just saying, uh, Russ. You know, we we can let you live for right now. I think I think we've done enough damage on this show, so we'll let you live for the rest listen, of this. Listen, okay? listen, I'm gonna come back stronger. This was not my best. Hey, you better write your at all. Notes, Nick, now, down now, because the next time we have Robert on here, dog, I'm I'm not just gonna let him him run the whole Russell Westbrook there. I'm gonna join in, and it's gonna be worse. Listen, so. listen, your narrative, like I'm. 
when it comes to you, I often defeat you with just facts because you I just don't know pull shit out your ass, watching. but it's okay. I don't know what shows you've been watching, but that's cool. It hasn't been. I don't been know. Like that, I don't know, man. Like I said, I mean, you and I, we know each other for real. And, yeah, we do. And you know what I'm saying? I've heard you say LeBron doesn't get as many calls as other superstars, and I've had to strike that down. You know what I'm saying? I've heard all types of nonsense from you in the past. So stop it, dog. This my <laughs> this man brings up one questionable argument, and to be honest, with <laughs> you, he should get more calls called. He still should get more calls, but you know he brings up one questionable argument, and he tries to use it as like a basis. Like, yeah, I'm always beating them, beating them. You know, what I'm saying there was this one time at band camp. You know, like come uh, on, stop it, dog. So okay. either way. You know, I don't got nothing else. Like I said, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll make. I'll say some off air, and but I'm good with this episode, man. All right, it was definitely man. good. It felt good to talk basketball for that long. So, yeah, man. Um, we'll see what actually happens when the season, um, yep. which will be happening in about 35 days. So. <laughs> it's fast, man. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, it was a pleasure, guys. Uh, yep. To everyone that's out there, link, like, subscribe. Um, if you fuck with us, we fuck with y'all. Peace.